The D and Davis Show. D and Davis Show. We got a lot of sports to get into. Shout out to Virginia and Tony Bennett for finally getting it done. Yes. I'm going to show you in Memphis. Y'all sitting there diss me last year going out like a sucker, but I'm back. Peyton Fool, I'm back. Pop, pop. No, he, I'm sure he had his hand on some pistol and let that bad boy ride off at least twice for all the haters. Where's Virginia's uh, campus at? Anybody know? I'm just trying to see if it was towed up, it was burning, if it's still burning. But you know, they, you know they tear stuff up when they, they win. Oh, this is a bad joke. You did this on purpose. <laughs> this was, you did this on purpose. Okay, okay. You it was like, like yeah, okay. Man, we, we, we don't want you to have to go out, go out in the middle of the show. We got to use well, the bathroom. Post the toe, man. Post the toe, too. Dean Davis is recording out of 670 to score. Uh, listen. Oh, man. It was a, definitely a harrowing game last night. Uh, a lot of people were disking initially with Texas Tech and Virginia being very, two very good uh, defensive teams. But uh, Culver. It was a good game. And Hunter. Hunter, he, with the type of NCAA he was having. He really turned himself up like that. He Chuddy was playing like, I don't want to be even number seven. Now he's back in question to being the fourth pick in mm-hmm. this upcoming draft. So and you love to see stuff like that. Yeah, you do. You do. So definitely we uh, have to chop it up about that. Get into a little baseball to help us with the baseball talk. We're going to have Al Yellen from SB Nation's uh, Bleed Cubby Blue to join us and talk about those Cubs. We'll a little bit talk about our socks. But they haven't garnered enough attention to get all of the Dean Davis love Not just yet. that they're going to help. And then a little bit later, we're going to have our boy, you know him all the time on here, NBA writer and lead columnist for We Are Regal Radio. Check out his podcast, In the Scope. Josh Hicks is going to be here, and you can follow him at Josh, Josh. Hicks 042 to uh, help us break down that uh, NCAA basketball and also uh, this upcoming playoffs in the NBA. And unfortunately, maybe what's going to happen to the sorry Bulls. I'm Kenneth Davis, and the next voice you always hear is that chocolate man himself. His name is... D. Oh, do I love a good oatmeal cookie. Hey! Demond's Pro right here. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, at D and Davis Show. Instagram as well, at D and Davis Show. We have the shows, the D and Davis The Show, and D and Davis The Flip on YouTube. So definitely, uh, we're going to get the cameras in as you can see us, but you can listen to uh, the podcast and the podcast and the show on YouTube as well. Just simply search for D and Davis Show, um, Facebook.com forward slash D and Davis Show. You have the email dndavisshow at gmail.com as well. We're on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Music, Stitcher, and the TuneIn app. I'm on Twitter at Demons One D E M O N Z E One. Ken is on Twitter at That's Davis. A Zach producer of the D and Davis Show. One Mister Ron. Damn it, I just threw myself off. But Ryan Bukovetsky, and he's on Twitter at Ryan B. Ski. Who came back in too fast, and I know his hands aren't clean. See? Why would have had the Why you hang cup. on that man? Had the pissy cup. Like, you want to smell him? No. Uh, <laughs> reach across the board. He's <laughs> <laughs> nasty, nasty. Some of your wild west hands over here. Oh, man. But look, but look, um, and you brought up video, and someone who's going to, supposed to help us with the video... Being banging on the skins. Guys back. Um, look, real Yo quick. Guy. Talk about my weekend. So last week, Tony hits me out the blue. What are you doing Sunday? I'm like, what's up? <laughs> right? He texts me. He didn't text me? I, th- I think he wanted us to come separately. And he, we, I think we also know that, because I mean, it was like bringing your family, so I don't think he wanted us, like, to both of us to be there bringing our family. Oh, okay. Okay. So um, he texts me. He's like, what's up? And also, he knows, you know, that it's going to be harder to get you than to get you. <laughs> Because he kept saying, I got to get D, I got to get D. I'm like, all right. 
So uh, he asked me, I'm like, what's up? He's like, uh, come to church. If anybody knows, we had uh, Sean Davis on the, the the flip the week before this flip. We mm-hmm. had uh, Illy on. Make sure you check out both of those, uh, Dan Davis, the flips. You can find them anywhere the podcasts are, are put out. D always does that. I don't do that, as you see. So anyway, I get the family. I'm like, yeah, forget it. We going to church because I told Sean I was going to come there. I told Tony and Tony took advantage of me telling them. The that. Davis crew, huh? Davis crew. Oh, Davis crew. Yeah. Uh, fabulous. Fabulous. They look excellent, to say the least. Uh, got there. Um, Aston's always, for some reason, making us late. And it's kind of like getting to the point. Like, I want to have a conversation with her about it, but I don't really want to have an argument right now. The Lord say be on time. She's like, you know, you, I know you got a lot to do. More than me. You know, you give you give me allowances that I don't have to do a lot of stuff. Did she have to go to work or something? Nah, but it's just that last 15 minutes of her, it always kind of goes over the time. And it's kind of like you're getting habitual with it. I think you may need to start a little earlier. Well, the ladies have to make sure they look but she has to get going the kids. to church. She has to get the kids. She does more of the stuff for the kids than I do. Okay. okay. Even though I did Iron Kenton's pants. Um, so anyway, we we get. I walk in there. Uh, we get to the church, and they. I, I don't know where to go. I, I walk in, and there's stairs leading down. And there's people behind there, and this lady greets me, and she's like, "Hey, are you from the neighborhood? Or are you someone's you know a friend?" And I'm like, "I'm young Tony Gill's friend." And she's like, I'm his auntie. And I said, oh, really? Oh, nice. She said, yeah. I said, are you God's mother? And she said, yes. And I said, oh. Well, he quasi interns for me. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes he's there. Sometimes he's not. <laughs> so she, God's mother, nice enough. And God's mother, when she was leading uh, the choir, fantastic. Her energy, very nice lady. Shout out to your mother, God. Oh, I have a question about your mother, too, God. Not, not anything bad. I just got a question. Shout out to Mrs. Stevens. Yes. Stevenson. Stevenson. So, um. We, she, she leads us to the seat, and she puts us in the front. Now, I'm looking at Afton's Whoa, eyes. She's not the front. We're like, we like third, the third third row. Mm. Looking at Afton's eyes, she wanted us to sit further back in case we had to leave because of Kelsey. Mm. But Tony was like, babies are here or whatever. Actually, I mean, all of the children were well-behaved. And Kelsey, for, for I can notice the things she was doing, but for anybody else, she was well, very yeah, well-behaved. Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, we sit there, and I look to my right, and I said, I look like Guy Beard right there, right? And I was like, God did say he played an instrument, didn't he? He did, he did say he played the drums. I know, uh, one of, you know one of your cousins, I believe, uh, is very doing very well, I think, playing the drums and went on that used to play in the church back in the days. So I know y'all family history if you pay attention. Like he on the road with a band or something? <laughs> yeah, he's like nice. On a certain... Uh, uh, he's nice. Like, oh. like you're saying, yes, he's nice. Oh, okay, okay. This, this family does some things. Yeah, they do, so, uh, they do, they do. So God is, I mean, it was one of those things you already like God, but to see him in his environment, I'm not saying it because God's cool. God killed it. If you don't like church, and look, I grew up in Baptist church. It wasn't like this. Like, it, the preaching was all the same. The music was not. And I would get to Pastor Gill, who did a fantastic job. Guy and Tony's other brother, William, who was on the organ, killed it. Like, it was a rapture, basically, the feeling that you felt. And with the choir, too, where it was like, oh, my goodness, okay, right? Okay. Like, it was something to behold. That's what's up. Uh, after Tony's father mentioned us and coming down to the show, Mm-hmm. Was like you know they tried to get me on the radio uh, to come on there. What are we you know talking about the show, which was great. Um, yeah. Shout out to Pastor Gill. His sermon was fantastic. Uh, seeing Tony in there, Tony has a little lack of rhythm. Oh Lord, a little lack of rhythm. He said he he wasn't trying to hit any old ladies. I said, Nah, I'm old and I think I can get you. I said, I think if we had a dance off, and I don't even think I can dance anymore. Was he snapping like he red, was, they was red doing this. us? They, so they were doing this. And, and, and Tony's uh, other brother, who we've met once, Christian, when we first mm-hmm. met Guy at the mm-hmm. old show, 
who's gotten bigger. And I'm looking at that think that's a kill. <laughs> now Christian was going for his. Some Christian kill. was leading Them the choir. Can grow. Christian was leading the choir. He was going. <laughs> Tony's was this a thing, but Tony's the smallest one. And I'm, I'm not saying look at Damn, really? That's what I was going to say. Yeah, he was shorter than me. That's what saw. I'm saying. Like Tony, oh, wow. now when you see him, Tony's the shorter one. I mean, I guess God and Tony, but everyone wait, else. Wait a minute, what's the, what brother is this? This is, well, this is, um, William. No, this is Christian, at least acquired. Is Christian kicking Tony's ass at home, at home to a uh, guy? Yeah, Uh-oh. he's big. Like he's like he's he's a large male. And I am not even saying out of shape. I'm like he's thick and I don't tall. Care if he was on ESPN. I'm gonna teach you a lesson, executive producer. Executive <laughs> produce this. <laughs> so 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 look, so after afterwards I went and talked to Tony's father, uh thanked him. Uh That's nice man. He did the same. And then luckily I talked to I talked to Guy first, and then I talked to the brothers. They were happy. I'm sure they they want to meet you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then I talked to Tony's mother, who definitely loved and enjoyed that we was there. It was nice. a fantabulous, a fantabulous time. Fantastic, fabulous, fantabulous. You just made a word. I'm do I do that? Sometimes. Maybe that'd be the name of the show. But listen, this is a thing that we got to kind of bring up back. And I'm not trying to be spiritual here or whatever. I'm just trying to tell you sometimes that you need some God in your life. Go to the Philadelphia Church on 1622 South. Is it South? South. West. Oh, it's West. Oh, because it's on 61st Street. 1622 West 61st Street. Mm-hmm. These people will do you right. Yeah. Go just listen, even just go and enjoy yourself. That's the thing. Now we gotta bring this up more. We gotta support this is this is gonna be something. We're gonna support this church on Dear Davis to show a little bit. Okay. Just so people get out there. Jay, I know you need some. It <laughs> would make you move. Your, your things would they would swell. What things? You know what I mean. But that was my, my God heart. Your God heart. <laughs> That was my that was and, and <laughs> that was my it was pretty it was pretty good. I plan That's on going up. back yeah. uh, in the future. Yeah, maybe because I grew up right around the corner from y'all church. So you grew up in a different Inglewood than me. I realized that too because I was like, he grew up around here. I grew up on sixty first and Wood Street. My mother, before she left Inglewood, lived on sixty third and Hermitage. Yeah, it's right by me. I know, but yeah. I I probably spent the night there maybe fifteen times. Uh. But I I initially moving Inglewood, we lived on 69th and Ada. Yeah, you was living more east. Yeah, and then because you're west, I was like, he west, he west Inglewood. <laughs> then, um, I don't know same. if y'all was murderous enough over there. <laughs> y'all was soft murderers. Over okay, there. there's flowers <laughs> in y'all front yard. And then I lived on. Uh, this was my favorite part of living in Inglewood. We lived at 61st and Aberdeen. Ooh, Aberdeen. I loved, I loved living. 61st and Aberdeen. That one was ghetto, m- m- fantastic. But that's not far from me either, though. Yeah, that one was fun, fun. Yeah, that's around uh, St. Benedict uh, School. That yeah. was the Laughlin campus. But yeah, that right was that, that was my weekend. That's what's up. Man, you know what? I come over there. I come to church. My grandma, you know what I'm saying? She be at the house. She watches church on TV. But I bring her around there. And I was telling Guy and Tony that I believe my great aunt, my grandmother's older sister who is now uh, uh, deceased, I think she used to go to that church back in the day. So this is like years ago. Probably when y'all grandfather was the pastor. But I'm not for sure. But yeah, I make it on over there. I like going to church. I just don't go. Okay. Yeah. No it's cool. It's cool. I feel like y'all, y'all, looking, at me, y'all looking at me like I'm, you know. I'm the heathen of this group. I am. I'll admit that. You are, D. I am. You are. They don't call me nasty D for nothing. <laughs> Dirty D. But look, last Both night. Both of them. Last <laughs> night, you were with a friend of ours. Uh, Scoop B is in Chicago. Yeah. I saw him today. I, listen, I was working at 11 o'clock last night, and I just Yeah, I saw working. that. You was working. I was, dude, it's quarterly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was working yeah, yeah. till. Yeah, April. I was working till 4 55 today as far as this is how long and this is in between talking to Scoop 
having lunch with Tony, I almost missed, missed my deadline. Like, yeah, me and Tony were talking for a minute. Mm-mm. I almost missed my deadline. And seeing young Josh yeah. leading me off. And I'm like, yeah, I want to tell him, like, the Illinois Center? You at the Illinois Center. Was, Josh <laughs> is going to join us real quick soon. But no, uh, no, hanging out with Scoop was good, man. We got to um, sit down. We was uh, down in South Loop. Um, just hanging out, man. Just chopping up. I, f- I forgot the uh, the cat here. I brought with us uh, with him, uh, but definitely going to reach out to him. He was a videographer and photographer. Mm. Good stuff too. And he was hanging out with uh, Brandon because Brandon was uh, doing some stuff. Uh, what's the name of the eyeglasses again? Zenny. Zenny. Um, yeah, with the Bulls. Yeah, Zenny Optical. So, what you uh, think of the game? The college game? Yes. Oh, it was good. That's why I led to that, so we can get to that part. Oh, okay. It was good. It was a good game. Um, I actually you predicted this though, right? I, um, no, 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 no. I said Texas Tech and Texas Tech and Auburn. Okay. And Auburn lost off that foul, which was a foul. They got to make the call. I don't know if they make that call at the particular time, but that was the right call to make. Yeah, it's called giving them some space to land. Yeah, it is. And the uh, young man went up there and hit the three, uh, three throw, uh, free throws, and boom, there you go. Uh, I actually thought, and I think I did say this on the uh, show, that Texas Tech would win. It would, and, and it would be a low scoring game. It was that until that pass to the corner for that three and. There it go. And I think once that happened and going to the overtime, I think Virginia had the, uh, the momentum and they obviously they won. So, uh, but looking at Texas Tech, man, listen, that's a good defensive team. I think they just kind of ran. And also, too, they don't, they're not a really high-scoring team. So they had to kind of catch up with Virginia. Once they get the going, they're going to get the going. So, uh, but no, it was good, man. It was, it was a good tournament. I like the second half of the tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first half was pretty chalk, if you want to say. Uh, the second half of the tournament kind of picked it back up and you see in a team... I mean, I didn't watch a lot of Big 12 basketball, so I couldn't say I saw Texas Tech coming out of it anywhere. Mm. But looking at the scores of the previous games, like, they're probably going to make it because they're shutting down teams. You win championships on defense. And then, like you said before, Virginia going out in the first round last year and able now to come back and win it. That's something. That right there is an achievement of itself. Yeah. Just making a tournament is cool. Then you get knocked out. You get knocked down. You're the number one seed again. Not the number one overall seed because that was Duke, Duke right? Yeah. But you're the number one seed, and you come back in, and you win it. Man, that's that's an accomplishment. Shout out to uh, Virginia. You know what? We're going to continue the, the the basketball NCAA talk and some NBA talk on the other side. As Josh Hicks from We Are Rigor Radio joins us. This is the Dan Davis Show. Hey, this is Rich Campbell from the Chicago Tribune, and you're listening to the D and Davis Show. D and Davis Show. Hey, it's time to talk some basketball. You want to say amateur? I'm using air quotes. Uh, college basketball and the professional game with one Mr. Joshua M. Hicks. That's what his mama named him, so that's what I'm going to call him. He's an uh, NBA lead uh, writer, uh, NBA writer, and lead columnist of. Uh, we are RegalRadio.com and also the podcast and the column in the scoops. What's going on, Josh? What's up, man? And Josh is in studio with us, too, so it's even better. In the scope, bro. I said in the scope. I said in the scope. In the scoop. And you said, and you didn't say too. columnist either. I said columnist. No, you was like, columnist. <laughs> I said columnist. <laughs> you didn't, brother. No, I didn't. <laughs> you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me do Josh, it again. NBA writer and lead columnist for we are Radio.com. Josh, what does the M stand for? What the is the M? What? The M, Your Michael. Name. Okay. I was going to say Melvin. Michael. You Ooh, look like is, a Melvin. That, ooh, Melvin. You look like a Melvin. <laughs> <laughs> they call me Melvin. <laughs> what kind of sweat is that, Melvin? Fox fur. Joshua Michael Hicks. That is a, that's a very uh, uh, church name. It is, actually. Yeah. Very a, religious name. Definitely. Very religious name. All right, man. So. Uh, yeah, co- I didn't think about that. It is. Yeah, yeah. Bless him, Father, Satan. <laughs> Archangel Michael. Let me go through the Bible. <laughs> 
Joshua, <laughs> Michael. Um, hey, so the tournament is over. NCAA tournament is over. Texas Tech uh, lost, and Virginia won. There you go. Virginia took it home. Final seconds playing out. End of a fabulous tournament. Rebound into the hands of Hunter. And Virginia with the all-time turnaround title. When you think about it, fellas, it really couldn't be any other way. It would have to be another one where you'd have to just sweat it out if you're a Virginia fan. There's no story like this in my memory in college basketball. No. You get off the deck and you say this to young people like, look, you got to handle the bumps in the road. Not a bump like that. Amazing. You talk about worst to first in professional leagues coming out of the bottom of a division like in the NFL. Maybe a four-team division, of course, in that league. Right. Baseball, whatever. Bigger divisions. But we're talking about the most humbling loss you could ever imagine. The overall number one seed a year ago, and to come back and then face all these little moments in this year's tournament, and always find a way to prevail. Amazing. Amazing indeed. I mean, devastating last year. The number one overall seed, making history, losing the way they lost to UMBC, bouncing back. You talk about character, you talk about faith, you talk about a team mentally tough and no matter what they did this year it was always about what are you going to do in the tournament and they've done it here tonight uh give us your breakdown and your thoughts on the tournament man the tournament it lived up to the hype mm-hmm. it definitely lived up to the hype um can't forget about what auburn has done from the mm-hmm. sec tournament all the way up until the final four uh their incredible runs and beating the big teams Duke, kentucky uh virginia tech i mean no, not virginia tech um, almost beating Virginia, yeah. all these big top teams um, just to make it to that thing. North Carolina. Mm-hmm. It was a five seed, right? Yeah, it was a five seat. Yeah, Bruce Pearl did his thing with his snitch ass. He, yeah, he definitely I did. mean, props, he's a, he's a fantastic yeah, coach. Yeah, he does is where he goes just about. He not, not like this, though. Well, he was at Tennessee. Didn't they make it to a Final Four? They didn't get to the championship. I think they got game. to. They did get to a Final, final Four. four. Yeah, yeah, final yeah, four yeah, though, right? But yeah. even then, I don't think we looked at them. Well, I mean, going into this, we didn't think Auburn was going to be here. No, but I mean, but that, that, no. that to me, when when the final when it got to the final four, I actually had Auburn winning it all. Yeah, I thought. Oh, really? Yeah. I wanted them to. I, I thought with the that. defense and the three point shooting mm. and how those guards got into the lanes, that I was like, man, how they doing it right now? If they can keep that up, I, I thought Auburn, just looking at it, could pull it off. So, and again, I'm telling you, I don't like Bruce Pearl, but he's a fantastic coach. And I also have to say this: I did like what he said on Get Up the next day. About you know what it could have went either way, and basically just got to let it go. And he wasn't gonna complain about it, and talked about what he did wrong as far as at one point the offense was stagnant. He didn't figure out kind of how to get the offense moving again. So again, he is niche, but he you can't. Antonio always asks me, so we ain't never gonna forgive Bruce Pearl, no. But uh, shout out to Jimmy Collins for forgiving him. There you go. But still, you got to give the man props because that's the next. Excellent coaching job, uh, and out of all those coaches, of course Tony Bennett did his thing and beer with uh, Texas Tech. But man, I gotta give Bruce Pearl a shot. Yeah, out. he looked good. He looked good. Any any standout players to you that you looked at through the tournament? It's like, damn, I didn't see that coming. Or just kind of like, all right, that kid lived up to the hype. Besides Zion Williamson, because he's the easy out. Of course, 
uh, for me, one of the guys that really took things to the next level was DeAndre Hunter. Like we mentioned earlier, DeAndre Hunter, we already, we already knew that he was a projected pos- a first-round pick and possibly top 10. Mm-hmm. Um, but he really took over, especially in that championship game, going 27 points. I was The way he did it um, throughout the second half, not just within that game, but even throughout the entire tournament. I think there was a point in time where he basically went 100%, only missing like three shots out of the entire tournament in the second half. So the way he really elevated his offensive play yeah. when needed showed how much of a, a potential pro- professional player he really can be. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's definitely elevated that draft stock. Real quick, especially for a guy that's probably looked at as being somewhat of a 3 and D guy, he really helped himself how he was knocking down those threes uh, in last night's game. And I mean, it was freaky, to say the least. He was, oh, like it was shots that he was just throwing up. It, it was definitely freaky. Uh, you want to say something, Ryan? Yeah, I was wondering uh, Josh's opinion on the guy on the other side, Culver's for Texas Tech, because he seemed just kind of pedestrian in that game. Seemed kind of pedestrian all tournament long, game and he's considered he pedestrian, even though he he played well in second half to help them through. But right, yeah, I, I kind of feel you. I like his game. He honestly reminds me of a Paul George in this sense, where some games, some games when he's on it, he's on it, mm-hmm. and then there's some games he falls off and drifts. And I feel like he, he throughout the tournament, he hasn't really played a consistent full 40 minutes of basketball. And it kind of showed, when, and it definitely showed within that uh, championship game. He wasn't, he wasn't on it. Mm-hmm. And when they needed him the most, he really, he really couldn't pull through as the best player on that team and potentially the best player on, in that game. So because of that, he kind of reminded me of a Paul George in a sense when he first came out of college where he had this Tremendous upside and skill set, but you wonder how much he can develop and really perform that throughout a full game standpoint, especially if you're going to go to the pros we got to play for a full 48 minutes. That sounds like a little something inside your chest ain't ticking, or well, at least the motor ain't really going. I don't know. That's something that, that would that would worry me seeing that on the biggest stage and you're losing and you're kind of in and out like that. I would give me somebody that's consistent or just give me somebody like, you know what? Hey, I hate to bring up this name, but somebody like a Tyrus Thomas who kind of like really showed out. In a tournament, and then it's kind of like you will. And just saying, you, for his sake, it would it would raise his draft stock. That's the only thing I'm saying. But, I, but give me somebody that's like you know that's going 100. percent But hearing that about uh, Hunter, I mean not Hunter, um, Culver, uh, I don't know too much about. Out of the two players, though, and you mentioned Culver's potential, and we've also talked about how well Hunter balled out when it counted in the championship game. Which player would you prefer, or as far as we know, the Bulls are picking four, could be higher, could be lower, but they're four. Which player, not just for the Bulls, would you prefer prefer over the whole length of their career, uh, potential, or uh, floor? I would say Jerry Culver, mm-hmm. only because of the fact that offensively, his skill set is much more diverse. Mm-hmm. Um, you put him with the right coach, especially an offensive-minded type, co- type coach, he can take that game to a whole other level. Mm. And not to mention, as well for him, he's very diverse defensively. He's a tall guy that can play p- perimeter defenders. He's a six six. Yeah, he's like he's yeah six 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 seven. Yeah. which in the in the league he'll probably play like a shooting guard or a small oh, forward. Yeah, look like a shooting guard right up. But you're right. It could be small forward. But I think right now you're hearing that kind of saying he's going to be a shooting guard. Shooting guard. See, the only thing kind of transitioning into the NBA, we're talking about the draft and upcoming uh, for the Bulls and where exactly they're going to uh, be picking. I'm I'm still very curious to see. If they don't have the number one or number two pick, and if they do fall three, four, five, or six, or whatever the case may be, they're not in the top two. Do they draft what who do they who do they draft number one, obviously, but what do they draft? I mean, you have Zach, he's your two. I think 
for the long run, I, can we all say that he's the two of the future? I know, Ken, you always say whoever depends on your draft, obviously, if it's somebody like a Zion Williamson and you have Otto Porter, Otto Porter is going to be coming off the bench. But I think they like at Otto. At some point. At yeah. some point. But I think they like Otto. And that exactly, I think they like what he was able to bring to the team that second. Well, at least when he got traded. They like so Zion is, is a three. up those stands. Yeah, so. but that's what I'm saying, though. If you're not, no if you're not. To see. It's Otto playing tonight. <laughs> but, if you're, but, if you, if you're not, but if you don't draft Zion. I, that, I'm just saying, like, anybody three and down, what are they going to do? Because the one glaring need, Josh, that the Bulls, in my opinion, need is a point guard. So what do they do after that? Because Zion and, and Ja are going to be gone. A lot of everybody else is going to draft is going to be overlapping. That's a, and that's that's the big key that you mentioned. I think that what the Bulls probably should do is if they don't get top tier point guard like a Ja Morant in the draft, I think you have to go free agency or possibly look for a potential trade opportunity to bring in a point guard and still draft draft the best player and that's whatever wherever they may land within the draft. Um, right now, according to the mock draft, they got them at number four. And quite frankly, their best, according to them, the best pick they may look, be looking at is the big man from Gonzaga. Yeah. And Rui. Yeah, which, quite frankly, they could he could fill probably possibly a Bobby Porter's type of role, like, he, like you know, yeah. when he first came into the league. So it's a good, you know, like it, it'll be a good possible. A, a three that's kind of could fit the stretch. Right. I like his game, though. That's strong. Guy, he, got, he, got some, he got some game. Yeah, I, I like his game. His, the thing is this, and I think what you bring up is a good point. Will the Bulls go best player available, or will they go best player player available for the, the the spot that they need, and that's point guard? So, like for instance, on ESPN's mock draft, they have Darius Garland at number four, which we didn't really mm. get to see this year because he was hurt at Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. I know a guy that we both like is Kobe White at NC. Yeah, mm-hmm. Kobe White can't fast as you know what, but can't jump for nothing. No, all right, like what's he gonna do in the lane in the NBA? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like you, you don't have to get really crafty, and then then you start to fall into: Are you in a situation where? You're overhyping these guys, and you don't necessarily get uh, what you want. I, listen, I fell in love with uh, Rory Archimura at the uh, Malibu Invitational mm-hmm. against mm-hmm. Duke, uh, watching him walk along the beach with Jay Billis. And does uh, how, what kind of Japanese does Mark Few speak? Is it, does he speak well? No, he doesn't speak anything. No. Yeah. Does he? Well, apparently you don't either. <laughs> uh, does he speak? Does he speak English well? Yeah. Okay. Good. He didn't even get the joke. 94 feet. <laughs> I said, you know what, this young man from Japan, I shall love him. This beach walking is fantastic. Look, their feet are humongous. But um, <laughs> I think think about it, I think Rory had on socks. It may be, I forget if it was Rory and not that on socks. Socks at the beach? Yeah, that's what Jay Billis was like. You got on uh... socks? No, if it was Rory or if it was uh, one of the Duke kids. I can't remember back then. But uh, yeah, I mean, looking at that Gonzaga team, I don't know, man, because the only thing about adding Rory to this team, you're Again, we said Otto Porter, and if they don't draft a a small forward, as far as if they don't draft Zion, this is his position. But you already have Laurie at your forward center spot. You have Wendell Carter at your center spot who can also play your fourth spot. Mm -hmm. So then it gets to the fact that you look at that draft last year of Chandler Hutchinson, and now you're going to sit there and add another player who's more talented to Chandler Hutchinson. But it just makes you think, like, I don't know if Rory is the guy, even though, listen, if he's a star star, he's a guy because the Bulls don't have a legit star star. So that's kind of where I'm up in arms as far as what they can get. I know one thing Dee's always talked about, and especially when he was on sports feed, was perhaps them trading it. And the only problem with that, I don't think there's a player desirable enough for a team to be like, I have to get him at three on down. You have to be. Maybe three. 
Maybe three because somebody Possibly. is a player they like. Yeah, yeah I want him. Yeah. But at four, I don't think there's a player where it seems like I need to get involved in this. Unless you, Josh, kind of like mortgage your future. I mean, like, okay, yeah. No, but I mean, I don't think someone wants. I don't think there's. A, I agree with you. I don't think yeah. there's a player enough to get a, a Dallas Atlanta deal. Not even Lori. Lori would have probably went number three in his draft. No, no, I'm talking about in this draft. Oh, oh okay. I see what you're saying. I'm sorry. I'm player sorry. That's okay, I'm got, sorry. I mean, because even if you look at what Doncic is last year and that, yeah. that thing, there's not a Doncic in, in, in this situation. I don't mm-hmm. think there's a player. And look, there's not even a, um, a Trey Young, if I'm going to even put it like that. And now when we look at Trey Young's success, the fact that they got a draft pick to go along with it, it doesn't hurt as much as not having a Doncic. But I don't think there's a, I don't think there's a player that you can place trading up a value on unless some team is just a great scouting team or they're wrong and they feel like some player could be better has a higher potential than what other teams believe d and davis show in studios with us right now joshua hicks nba writer and lead columnist keep messing it up but okay i know what you do you're right for we are regalradio.com also with the podcast in the scope so it's ken right is there anybody out there that's kind of like Jumping out to you, or possibly can jump out to you in his draft class? Not really. I think the, I think just between the top three, the ones that really stand out is Zion Williamson, John Morant, R.J. Barrett. And me, I, I'm gonna say, let me ask you a question, then. Mm-hmm. I can I can throw it around. Should we wait until um, the NBA when they come here in Chicago with the young players to come in? It's you know. Kind of like work them, work them out. Is it? Do we do we want to wait for that? Because I'm sure there's been some players. No, <laughs> Josh, I'm sure there's been some players that kind of like that hopped up the um the board off of their workouts when they come here and you know saying work out for the teams. Should we wait for that to make that? Think about like this though. The teams, the players, depending on it, depending on it, some of those players in the top five, and we know Zion's not. But some of those players aren't going to really work out. That's definitely not going to scrimmage against other players. I'm like, dude, right. you know where I'm getting drafted at. Hmm? Like, I'm not giving you that. Why? Josh, what do you think? Right. I think a surprising, a very surprising pick that we can possibly think is a little um, maybe undervalued is Cam Reddish. As a, as, a, as a guard that has a Paul George type of body six, that six, can shoot six, the seven. ball at 6'7 as, mm-hmm. as a guard. He could be a nice person that can come off the bench as a two-guard possibly to help with Zach Levine in that scoring role. I just think that him being at Duke being around those big, oh, those other big stars, including Trey Jones, really scaled him back his mm. level of play. Think about how and many playing shots at third he got. Wheel and how many shots that he got and what he can really provide. Yeah. Same, same thing about Wendell. No, because, I mean, Wendell still got to play a, a role. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Okay. A defined role. He was role. at number two, though. We just didn't see. We knew his offense was hamstrung because of the fact that you had Bagley getting the, right. the offense ran through Bagley. Right. But he he got, like you said, he got a role in that. Mm-hmm. Cam Reddish, I would think when, they, when these three players, in, well, four including Trey Jones who's staying, came together – I'm sure Cam Reddish thought he was at least going to be averaging like 17 points to go along. Like I'm sure he didn't think both of them was going to be in the 20s like that. Mm-hmm. So when you think about the team that his high school team and even the AAU team, he's used to getting a certain amount of shots. So when people were coming down on him, and now you could say that this is the debate we kind of talked about this last week. 
that when Zion was gone, he had two games where he performed well and then he kind of reverted back to being Cam Reddish. But still, you're talking about a player that all season long hasn't found comfortability in this system because you had two freshmen scoring over 20 points a game. And he's a freshman. How's he supposed to get his points? And on top of that, he's not a primary ball handler. Mm-mm. So he's getting scraps, basically, because yeah. the ball's coming up. If Trey doesn't have it, RJ probably has it. So it, you, people dissing him, and not to say that the young man shouldn't, you would hope he wouldn't have played better, you still got to look at the fact. I would think if he was the second guy there and did this, mm-hmm. I'd be like, you underperformed. Mm-hmm. But being the third Maybe fourth guy with Trey Jones, it's hard to figure out what that kid really is. And it kind of, when you say the Bulls getting him, sometimes I've thought this whole season, like, is there really something in Cam Reddish where people are going to be like, you know what, with the NBA, maybe he's better, depending on it. But still, I don't know. I still don't know enough due to what happened. And if I factor in what happened, I'm probably slightly leery of of, of drafting him. If he if he's not a guy that seems like he can find his way at again, that's just one year in college. Yeah, Josh, you're, you're right. And and they I think they tried to implement him and make him be the Clay Thompson mm. of Duke. Basically, where you can be someone that when the ball when when the ball comes to you, shoot it because he is a shooter. Mm -hmm. He's a spot up shooter. So when you get the ball, shoot it, but mainly play a defined role defensively, uh, and be and then when needed to just shoot the ball and score. And some people can't always adjust to that. Nope. And that was probably one that like and I can mention earlier that was probably one of his problems because he's so used to being so ball dominant and being that top tier scorer, which made him the top three recruited player in the nation. So. Him trying to make that adjustment probably was tough for him, but I feel like if he gets a chance to go in the NBA on a team that really can utilize those services, and he can get to, and he gets enough time and opportunity to show to showcase that, I think he can shock a lot of people. And but like I said, he he's just one of those type of people where he just needs the opportunity. Mm. And I feel like once he gets that opportunity, depending on where he's at and with the right coaching staff, they can help they can help him excel at the level that level that you know if he went to a different school. He may be in a better draft uh, draft uh, position than he is right now. Mm. Joshua Hicks, we are Radio.com, NBA writer. Make sure y'all follow Josh on Twitter at jhicks042. Sweater game on fleek. There you go. <laughs> uh, transition to a little NBA talk. We got the playoffs starting up. Um, the East is just about set. We got one team. Um, well, the AFC they haven't figured out the, figured out that just yet. Uh, Detroit is thirty nine and forty one. There right now, currently eight. You have Charlotte thirty eight and forty two, and Miami thirty eight and forty two. I think tonight is Dwayne Wade's uh, last home game. Right. Uh, so they're probably not going to make the playoffs. There, game and a half back. Uh, well, game backs, but who knows about that? But looking at the East so far, Josh. Uh, Milwaukee is number one seed, coming in sixty and twenty-one. Uh, but looking at the East uh, playoffs, how you like the sh- uh, the shakeup of it? Uh, what series you looking forward to right now? I'm looking forward to this Boston Indiana series. Um, really, Boston, I am because I think um, Indiana played a lot better overall over over overall time with uh, Oladipo being out than people expected. Mm-hmm. They and definitely be- did. And with people, and and sometimes we learned this with the Boston team last year. When some when players get opportunities and they get comfortable in the roles that they're in, they can excel at a higher rate than they are when the big stars come back. So you're saying also that it means nothing then, because looking at what happened to Boston this year didn't help. He was like, ah, ah you're gonna suck next year when all the people come back. But no, please continue. But no, that's but but I think that's I think Indiana kind of has that has the that ideal type of path mm, in let, a sense. Let, let and with you. Boston struggling on the road, yeah, yeah. You can. That's always up in the air. Let me ask you this: But if you still look at the talent that Boston had last year with Kyrie out, 
And I know you can say perhaps Miles Turner. But, but and it, I mean he's in a contract year too, so that's part of the reason he's he's balling out. But I still don't think they have what Tatum was last year, and I don't know if they have the person with the 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 the, the Quavos the Wavos that Jalen Brown was last year. You know, like Jalen Brown's tenacity last season really benefit that team. And I haven't even mentioned Scary Terry on what they were playing on last season. Um, I wanted to pound my pat my own self on the back. What's up? I told Tony Indiana was going to end up at the fifth spot. And he, I don't think, yeah, they ended up at fifth. And as I said last before last week, Houston's at number three in the West. Talking about my MVP can't, well, not mine, because I want Giannis to win, but James Harden's going to be MVP. Your, your prediction. Yeah, I, I'm killing it. I'm killing it right now, Josh. It's usual. I'm killing <laughs> well, we won't know about the MVP till June, so you never know. I got you. Don't worry about it. He will be. No, okay. But, uh, look, so that, that's interesting that you say Boston and Indy. What are you, what's I know yours? this, though, with Boston and Indy. I'm not interested in it, but it's probably going to be the the the, mm. the first for the first round in the East, the most contentious one because the the level. But it shouldn't be. Brad Stevens has done a terrible job this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kyrie's Kyrie, but that's if if they were excelling, Brad Stevens would be getting all the props. Mm-hmm. He has not gotten the heat. Maybe a month ago, but we were talking about this on the show months ago mm-hmm. yeah. that Brad Stevens deserves heat because yeah. all this is Kyrie. Kyrie. When they're excelling, Brad Stevens is a great Butler coach that came to the NBA. If you're no one saying anything about when you have the horses on your team instead of just guys trying to try hard and prove something, how do you get them all to work together, particularly to get to get Kyrie to function properly in this system or whatnot? So I can see your point in that. I guess the team, the squad that I'm probably looking for, you know what I think is going to be more interesting, though? I think Toronto and Brooklyn. Um, yeah, that was my second one. Yeah, I think Toronto. No, no, no. no I'm looking I'm at Philly, Toronto Philly and Orlando. No, you're right. I'm looking at Philly and Brooklyn. Philly and Brooklyn. Philly and Philly Brooklyn is going to be nice. It's yes. going to be a nice yes. one. It'll be good to see what uh, D'Angelo Russell does mm. with this type of spotlight on him. And in a way, with with, with, with all the, the horses that Philly has, he's the primary scorer. Uh, sitting there, I know, um, um, what's his name? Uh, came back from injury after breaking his Jared leg earlier. Yeah, Jairus LeVert. Yeah. Came back for whatever. But And who, people thought he was going to be an all-star this season. Mm-hmm. But it'll be interesting to see young snitch D'Angelo <laughs> Everybody snitched today. It's a lot of snitching in these. Hey. It's a code. There was a code, but people don't live hey. by it anymore. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see him go up against all those horses in Philadelphia, and it'll also be interesting to see how Philadelphia starts to gel yeah. because that that's going to be the difference in how they move that ball around in the half quarter. Do they go my turn, your turn, my turn, your turn? And that, that, that's going to be really interesting looking at this playoff season because I think at the beginning of the season we would say that a team like Boston, who a lot of us had perhaps making it to the finals, was in Philadelphia's head. And that's not to say that Boston still hasn't taken them out during the season. But man, in a, in a, in a, in a seven game series. That last game that Philadelphia beat Boston, I think that was huge for them. Yeah, yeah. Going, yeah. It's, it's going to be interesting to see, won. but I think for me, it's Philly and Brooklyn in the East that I'm most interested in. What about you? Dave? No, no, I was going to say the same thing. Philly and Brooklyn, just seeing Brooklyn kind of, not see it come out of nowhere, but they finally, through all those years of rebuilding, they've finally been able to make to the playoffs, and it's not like they squeaking in the eighth, in the eighth seed. They're the sixth seed. So that shows, like, hey, man, listen, we are for real. And the way that it's a, it's a young team, maybe to get up and down, I am I am curious to see how they play Philadelphia defensively. Because if you could take Ben Simmons out, now obviously you have Harris and you have Butler and you have Joel, uh, Joel Embiid, but I'm curious to see if they can if they can do something with Ben Simmons defensively how that will also just not so much uh, disrupt 
what's on the court, but actually disrupt what's going on in their heads. Because I think, obviously, you all know that Simmons is a huge key to their success if they want to go far. And, and depending on how this series turns out, listen, I think Philadelphia is going to win this series. I think Boston is, I mean, I'm sorry, Brooklyn's going to give them a fight. They'll probably, probably be a 4-2. They'll probably mm-hmm. get two wins out of it. But I want to see. They should only get one. They should only get one. But <laughs> this is what I'm saying, though. With Philadelphia. I, I, Who's mm. going to stick Ben Simmons? I don't know. That's that's my question. I want I want to know how def- how they're going to scheme against some defenses. Because think about it. I mean, even that's what I want to see. Second biggest big, of course. You look at Allen. I mean, yeah. think mm-hmm. about think about even though I mean, we know how Allen is defensively. Man, he's going to be going up against MB. You're going to be using MB to pull him out. Mm-hmm. Right. All right. So that's going to be a hole as far as rim protection. But then Allen's going to be asked to do more defensively. That's going to be that like this. That's, that's why I I'm interested question. in this. How are they going to? But Philly should Philly should be. And then there's still a question who. Who's big enough to to, keep, to 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 play up against Ben Simmons, bringing that ball up, and then doing Mark Jackson and backing your ass mm-hmm. down into the post yeah. where he's trying to get his action? Oh, listen, going. it's just, it's definitely going to be a handle for them. But like I said before, it's not they're not, they're not a pushover team, and they've they've had some really good games. Kind of like wow, they kind of put a lot of teams on notice. So that that's 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 going to be my uh, look to uh, series in the East. Uh, let's shoot out West. We can't find oh. out what Ryan's going to Oh, I'm sorry, Ryan. Ryan, you got team. You got, you, hey, please. Team-wise that I'm looking forward to, I think it's probably the 76ers like you're putting out against uh, the Brooklyn Nets because I want to see how legitimate the Sixers are because I feel like Milwaukee, Toronto are the tops, mm-hmm. the creme de la creme of the East. Mm-hmm. I want to see that third team. I'm not really buying Boston at this point mm-hmm. as that third team. I think Philly, even though they got bench deficiencies – I like their starting five. I think uh, they're an exciting team to keep an eye out for. Okay. Side note, and because uh, it's something I forgot, and we, point. We, you took us to the professional sports. I want to say this about Cam Reddish. And it seemed like there was an issue between him and Coach K when he didn't play that game during the tournament. They said that Coach K kind of found out at the last second because uh, Cam Reddish was out there during warm-ups. Can, he probably should have, and it may have been harder with the one-and-done player. He probably should have modeled Ginobili Cam Reddish. And had him being the primary guy running with that second unit and got him off. That would have, especially in a situation where at some point in the season, you know that that player isn't getting the shots that he needs. Ah, but you're looking at that young kid, he's projected first round pick. This helps I him. Wonder, well, I wonder, I understand that, but I wonder. You not have saying Coach not, K uh, coach first of all. Yeah, you know, hey, coach, do <laughs> yeah. your job. <laughs> oh yeah, he can definitely coach, no doubt. It's no, it's no. No, he, it's, he can't anymore. Oh, well. that's the thing. He he's rolling. He's starting oh, to he's just roll that him ball out. There? out. Yeah, yeah. did you see that last play? <laughs> he's doing the Pat Riley thing, throwing yeah, the rings yeah. out on the table. Like, like he got to play but at, least, at least he had Eric Spoelstra to sit there and be the field general. But I'll, I'll be, I'll wonder how would that affect a young kid mentally? Because I think everybody's kind of coming in saying you're a first round draft pick. And then Coach K would be like, oh, kid, you're going to come off the bench. I wonder if he would lose him mentally. Let me that would be my one question about that. What you get from him anyway? And if you, No, no, I think, yeah. I think logically what you're saying is right. Him. It can help. No team is going to hold that against him. Actually, they're going to use him. He's a team player. Mm-hmm. He came in there with those guys, and he said, you know what, Coach? I'll do this. It'll be like Abel's. You don't think that would have hurt his draft stock? No. Nah. No. Because, no, one, mm-hmm. teams would have looked at it as far as he's a team player, and they're looking at what he can do for them. 
So that no, it, it would have it would have helped him because look at his draft stock now. If he wasn't a top ten pick, people would be 10. like he should go Is back. Is he at ten He's right, right now? At 10. Yeah, right at people 10? would be like so he I should like go back. Yeah. You know, if he was, and then think about the fact That'd that help him. Mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, That'd but help they wouldn't take, be taking him if you look at the thing with Brandon Ingram right now in those blood clots. Yeah, right. You yeah. know, so that that's my only thing as far as that that I did want to say. But now yeah, getting yeah. out to the West. Uh, so, uh, no, real quick, another quick side note. Since we're talking about D'Angelo Russell. Um, shout out to my t- shout out. Please check out my Inscope column because I did ri- uh, write about this. Mm-hmm. What you think about the idea of if Kyrie Irving reportedly does go to Brooklyn and bring someone else with them, both pursuing a trade for D'Angelo Russell and get their point guard? Who would they give up? Yeah, who does who will Brooklyn want? But that's but that, that's that's the that's the major key because you may not have to give up too much because he's still on that rookie contract. Yeah, no, but Brooklyn's going. He's a key piece now. Talk about somebody that you got Mozgov for. This this piece right here that you just said, he's cheap. So now you're telling the team right now, look, contract. You know he's on his rookie deal. You're like, hey, dude, he's on his rookie deal, and you can get his bird rights if you if you do this right. So mm-hmm. right. so he, actually, it adds an incentive on him as far as how valuable he is that he's not that he's not expensive or whatever. I don't think Brooklyn's going to be like, yeah, just just give us whatever. They're going to want, like, you're looking at, first they're going to ask you for Laurie. They're going to ask you for Laurie. But mm-hmm. you're going to have to think, do they need Wendell when you look at that? They have Allen there. They're not going to ask for Otto Porter. Now, are you thinking that they're going to go for someone like Zach? And would you trade Zach for, um, I, I mean, for um, uh, D'Angelo Russell? I'm not saying I'm a, totally against mm-hmm. it. Well, right now he's this season he made seven point uh, seven million dollars. Next thing, next season he has a qualifying offer for nine point one. So that's very cheap right now. And based NBA. on that scenario, if Kyrie's bringing in somebody else with him, it's going to be too expensive probably to trade Zach or Otto Porter to even get D'Angelo oh, Russell. That's true. Since those guys signed the max they, deals, they, yeah, he signed up like uh, what eighty something million dollars. Eighty million. Yeah. I think Otto still has like what fifty left. Yep. Yeah, he's got a huge his deal. deal. A huge deal. So, I mean, it's an interesting thought. It's an interesting thought. Uh, I, I, I do think if the Bulls, before we go to the West, I think if the Bulls do fall out of the top two, I think they are definitely, because they got like, what, $20 million to play? As 19, far, so, 19 yeah. something like that. Um, I think they'll be— Not um, for the top guys, though. They don't yeah, like that. But, but I'm I'm wondering, like, and Josh, maybe you can, like, report back to us on this one, like, who's the top guys? Not who's the top guys, but who's some guys— that would fit that between maybe eighteen and twenty million dollar range. That's a free agent out there. It's a point guard who you think would be a good fit for the Chicago Bulls. Jeff Teague, maybe. Jeff no, Teague. I want Jeff Teague. Mark Rubio. Those are the. Well, we know we talked about Rubio. Rubio. They've talked about Rubio. Yeah, yeah keep Rubio. hearing about Rubio. And now they're talking about D Rose reunion. I don't want no Jeff Teague. So I don't want no Jeff Teague either. I don't want no Jeff Teague. At this point, I think those are your best three options. You're talking about free agency, man. If possibly they, bringing back D Rose on a cheaper deal. And then you have when you think about how poorly his three point shooting was the second half of the year, right? Who D Rose? Yeah, yeah, man. yeah. yeah was man, he can only go so far. That's the whole thing, man. He can only go so far. He's, got he's not a star problems. no more. And he's so a, does Rubio. He's a six man. Rubio's got injury problems. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I don't know. All right, heading out west. Uh, obviously, you have the Golden State Warriors, number one seed, fifty six and twenty four. You got Denver, Houston, Portland, Utah, Oklahoma City is now from eighth to six. Okay, they were just in the eighth seed. Now they flipped up, uh, switched up. You have the Clippers, and I'm sorry, you have the Spurs and the Clippers. Uh, out of the West, man, what what uh, series are you looking forward to? Man, I'm looking forward to this Portland Utah series. I was gonna say that. Mm. No, like, actually, I was gonna oh, say Houston, Oklahoma. Let me go. Let me go. Right. Let him go. 
I, I I'm looking I'm looking at those two because I want to see the the scoring matchups between CJ and uh, Donovan. I think that's what's gonna that Donovan Mitchell versus CJ McCollum. Assuming that he gets fully back healthy and back into the swing of things, you're talking about a forty to fifty points average backcourt going against Donovan Mitchell and a tough Utah Jazz team in a Utah Jazz environment that's you know very up in the air, very tough to play in. I want I want to see if Portland can go past that first round, especially after they didn't lost last year to Anthony Davis. And the Pelicans in the first round, they not just lose and lose the way that they did by getting swept. So going against those, the, I think that's a, a very good matchup. Um, the only thing that I'm worried about for Portland and that is Rudy Gobert. Um, and you think about his his ability to switch off and rim protect, and also he's scored fairly well this year. And who's the big man that Portland lost? Let's give it a Jerkic. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, Jerkic. Yeah, Ooh, that was nasty. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So real quick, mine's is a. Uh, Three and uh, six. Yeah, buddy. It's Houston versus Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. I can't. I can't wait to see Brody go up against Harden. Mm-hmm. And even even more, I can't wait to see the first time the friction kicks off between Chris Ball and Brody and uh, uh, Russell Westbrook. Have you they know, ever faced each other in the playoffs? But see, now it might not happen. Yeah, still, though. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because uh, what's the name knocked them out that year? It seemed like the Clippers were going to be, even though Chris Paul's probably hurt. That year, uh, <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, that, that year that Chris, okay. I, I think the year they went to the finals okay. uh, in OKC. Okay. Okay. But yeah. Because Houston and OKC actually play tonight, and OKC is deadlocked with the other guys below them, San Antonio and the Clippers. So that might cause some jostling with that. But right. if that series happens, man. I'm I'm with you right yeah. there, Ken. Because yeah. right now my favorite is Portland, Utah. Because I think that's likely going to happen. Mm-hmm. But man, see Russell against Harden, or possibly, Ooh. or possibly if Oklahoma City does drop to that AC, you got Gold KD versus versus Russ. Yeah. Oh. E- either way, either way, First Russ is going. Way. Yeah, Russ is probably going to face one of his man, former OKC teammates. Golden State would be a lot of fun too mm-hmm. for a one eight matchup. Yeah, yeah. but I all think eyes Gold, on them. I think Golden State would just. Many a run. Mm, I don't probably. know. I mean, no, I, I think Paul George, Paul George is for real this year. I was about to say, if they can oh. get back to the defense they were See, playing that's two I, months that's my ago. Whole thing. But, yeah. the thing, but the thing is now you're talking about is playoff time. Yeah, so the true. question that's is true. how much do they have in their everything. engine. Yeah. If they still have something left in the tank and they can get back to how they were playing two months ago, then I'm not saying they're going to beat them, mm-hmm. but oh, yeah. it'll be entertaining to yes. say the least. And it yeah. might help them a little bit. With motivation, like it might be a little bit better than playing a Denver team. I don't think that gets OKC up, but Russ playing against KD, and I'm sure a part of his pitch getting Paul George here, hey, we can take down the Warriors, Warriors. if we do this, 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 and this. Yeah, I just want them to play Houston. I think that's, uh, I, I want to see that too. Yeah, I think that's just the best uh, <laughs> oh, matchup. Dean Davis show Joshua Hickson in, in studio with us right now. NBA writer for We Are Riga Radio dot com at Josh Hicks uh, at J Hicks zero four two on Twitter. Uh, but no, nah, I mean, is is any other any other series anything else kind of intriguing, Josh, coming out of the West? I mean, I don't know about it's really, pretty loaded, but yeah, I don't know about intriguing, but I do got to give a shout out to the Spurs. They made it again because they made it again. Yeah, and I think it's the I think it's the twentieth straight season Popovich has had a winning season or something along mm-hmm. those lines. With no matter mm-hmm. who he has on the court, it's crazy, man. That's 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 incredible. That's incredible coaching and incredible system that they put together for that to continue to run. Any, Even anybody believers in Denver? I was just gonna ask that. Hell Is there no, anything to get Denver about? going? No, for anybody. I don't believe. No, them, no. no. how? That, Nothing. No. Follow the the, the rules. Only three of the games NBA. back behind the number one seed in the West. They always anything. do good in the regular season, yeah. but if they and but if they ever get to the postseason, they flop. <laughs> 
You still don't know this Denver BS. I'm just asking a question. Dude, they don't have. No, I don't think they're going to go anywhere either. I'm just asking a question. Number two. Let me ask you this. Is Jamal Murray the go-to finisher that you need to have in the playoffs? Mm. Let me ask you this, Ken. Mm -hmm. Are they the worst of the Western Conference teams in the playoffs, in your opinion? No. No, no. The Clippers are the worst. And then uh, where where's Denver? If you seeded them based on how good you think I would the say that they're are. higher than the Spurs. You I say was, they're higher than Utah. I was going to say to me they're equal, if not uh, they're slightly higher. They're yeah. behind. You know what? I would say they're fifth. I would say, or they would be fourth. I would say I could bump up Portland and Houston, mm-hmm. and this is more off of their experience than off of anything. Mm-hmm. Mike Malone, who I I think should win the Coach of the Year, um, has done a fantastic job. Uh, listen, Joker was an early on MVP candidate, yeah. you know, and looking at how you have that system moving like that, I think Denver's in the top four or five easily uh, in, in the West. Uh, but I still think a, a team like Portland, I'm not going to say, you know, if they matched up that they could beat them. I think Portland has more experience. We know Houston has more experience. So I, w- I put Denver with Utah and how they play. Probably I'll say this too. I'll give Denver the edge over Utah because uh, the Joker could pull Rudy Gobert out. You know, like that. Yeah, I would say true. that even though Gobert can DM up, I mean, he's not a problem for Gobert moving, but still to have that rim protector out and, you know, being able to attack the basket, I would say that I would still give the edge to Denver. But I think Denver's a good team. I just think it's early. And I also, sometimes when you have a team, and we're talking about it's running through the center, and not to say it can't happen, look how fantastic this, this, this young guy plays. But sometimes when you have, like, we all can do it, you need a killer. And I mean that for real. Like any, and I'm not saying this is exactly Denver, but you can look at like the Jailblazers, um, the the early uh, Seattle teams before it was just they actually Seattle that the Bulls faced in the '90s. They actually had more talent earlier years. They had more players, and they had to kind of get those players. Like Kendall Gill was there, Xavier mm-hmm. McDaniels was there, Dell Ellis was there, Ricky Pierce was there, Dell well Dell was there, but um, uh, per- Sam Perkins was there. They actually had to get those guys out. To have enough balls just for Peyton, because everybody knew Peyton was going to grow into that, and Sean Kemp. Mm-hmm. And that was the team that actually was able to go to the championship. So sometimes we have too many players. And I'm not saying that, again, this is exactly Denver, but I don't think Denver, and I know Jamal Murray is supposed to be that guy in a way, even though Jokic is a, uh, Jokic is a better player, but they, I don't think they have the bona fide killer that can take over the game in the last few minutes of a playoff game that's contentious. They are currently the number two seed. They'll, they'll face San Antonio. I mean, you never want to sleep on a pop team, but I think Denver can. Houston does have a shot at the number two seed too, if they're able to win out. Ah, that's true. I think if Denver loses out, Houston has won. Houston has won six games in a row. Denver lost their last one. They are Denver is fifty three and twenty seven. Houston is fifty three and twenty eight. But let's just say this kind of host. When when is the last game of the season? Tomorrow. Tomorrow, right? Wednesday. Yeah. Wednesday. Thank you for a Bulls fan. Thank you. Yes. So, but if Denver May (laughs) thirteenth. So if May, uh, so Denver will face San Antonio. Say leave it there, right? I think we could probably feel pretty comfortable to pick Denver in that series. Then they will face the number. They will face the three versus six seed, right? Or they'll, no, they'll face the yeah three versus six seed, mm-hmm. and that'll be between Houston and Golden State. So we're saying right here, either one of them teams can knock out Denver and be in the Western Conference Finals. Um, I, listen, I think Golden State's the only team in the West, really, outside of when Gold, when uh, Oklahoma City stopped playing the way that they were playing earlier, that can take out Golden State, but matchups decide fights, using the boxing analogy. I think Denver could give Houston some go. I, I think because then, look, I can apply the same thing in a way defensively to Clint Capella, to Rudy Gobert, mm-hmm. and Rudy Gobert's better than Clint Capella, that you're going to have Clint Capella out 
for the most part, depending on if they switch everything or not. And on top of that, we know that Houston's defense is terrible compared to what it was last year when it was a top defense. So I can't say that clearly, yeah, uh, Houston can beat Denver because I think that they, I think how Denver plays could kind of throw Houston off initially. And on top of that, look, let's not forget and um, how long it's going to last. Mike D'Antoni's sick right now. Like, think about it. We're talking about high-intensity mm-hmm. playoff basketball games, and he has an intestinal virus or something mm-hmm. right now. So, look, I'm just saying, I, I can't just hands down. I think, again, I think Golden State will beat uh, um, um, Houston if they match up, but I still think after Chris Paul came back and how he's playing, and I told you when he came back, mm-hmm. that that team looks like it can give Golden State the best run of his money outside of perhaps Milwaukee. Houston also has to – well, Chris Paul for sure has to stay healthy, though. Um, totally, yeah. He has to, he has to stay healthy. <laughs> yeah, we well. know that, bro. So he, he has to, because otherwise, <laughs> he has Houston to. has no chance. Yeah, no, so. I agree with you. I mean, that was the one biggest thing. I know everybody was is love the way that um, James Harden was playing right now, but a lot of the former players, a lot of former greats, experts, like, listen, that's great right now, but when it gets to the playoffs, that ain't gonna work. So, eh, we'll see what happens. You know what? We're going to switch off a little bit. We're going to go to Up for Grabs, Ryan's segment. Uh, find out what Ryan has to say and how he's going to get us with his uh, subjects today. Dan Davis. What's up, everybody? It's Cameron Smith from CBS 2 Chicago. You're listening to the D and Davis Show. Dan Davis, it's Up for Grabs time, but I got to ask the guys uh, a question before we get to Ryan's segment. So I, I want to know if I caused an accident slightly on the expressway today. I've got about this to just now. <laughs> okay. I did ride the ramp one time, just one ramp ride, you know, to sit there and this is how I this is how I drop my son off in the morning. And um so a car that was behind me, I rode the ramp and I ended up back in front of that car when it came off the ramp or whatever. And I think and as anybody usually would, that car didn't like that. So initially, as I was coming off the ramp, the car moved into my blind spot. I saw him, and what, but the car was in the blind spot, and I was going to let the car just take the space. I'm like, oh, whatever. That's what you want. Go right ahead. D's grandmother said, just let them go. So um, as I was doing that, the car then decided, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pop out into the next lane. The car then, it was a, a, a Chrysler like 300, like the old 300s uh, Chrysler. He pops out into the next lane while a, a van is coming into that lane. And all of a sudden, I see black particles spraying in. I said, whoa, there's an accident. Kenton was like, what are you talking about? He didn't see. I'm like, man, something exploded over there, right? So they, they're slowly driving. And I'm like, man, I wonder if that car is mad at me, right? And then the because car, you this let is the crazy them thing. go? This is the crazy thing, too. And then I got back on the ramp. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you said that they put up in your in your in your I blinds, le- I mean, you saw them, but you let them do what they wanted to do. Yes, you let them do what they wanted to do. That's them out there driving. But like see, that. a person's still gonna think, man, if your ass wasn't doing all that mess, I wouldn't even been in this situation. I'm just asking. You say I'm good. I think you, Josh, am I good? You're perfectly fine. Real quick, guy, am I good? All right. right oh on. yeah. Okay. You good? I think you guys are biased. All right. No. Now it's time for Ryan's sister <laughs> segment. I think you good on that. All right. And then we had a historic loss, being the first one seed to lose. So um, that's life. We talk about it all the time. Uh, with the adulation, the praise, it comes. And we've got a lot of that this year. And then on the other side, there'll be blame and, and people pointing that out. But that can't, uh, in the end, you know, define these guys and our team or us because it was a remarkable season. But, but we got thoroughly outplayed, and that's the reality of it. And um, I hate for this team, the way they played to, to lose like this, but for Devin and Isaiah to go out like that, and Nigel being a, a fifth year for us. So um, 
with that, um, if you play this game and you step into the arena, this stuff can happen. And those who haven't been in the arena or in the competition, maybe they don't understand that, but there's chances for wonderful things to happen. But when you're in the arena, stuff like this can happen. And all those who compete take that on. And, and so we'll accept it. And again, I want to congratulate the job that Ryan and his staff did. It, they, they played well, and, and we did not. Well, let's start off with a little up for grabs NCAA tournament. We just had the conclusion, so I wanted to kind of get some perspective on the Virginia Cavaliers, and I was curious what you guys thought. So with their rise from a mix of national embarrassment and disappointment from a year ago when they were the one seed losing to USMBC as the 16 seed, and now they've gone all the way to national champion. So how will history look at the Cavaliers? National champions or just that one seed who lost to UMBC? BC. National champions. I've heard people say this last week. If they won, would it absolve them? No, we'll always remember that. But the fact that the next year they came back and did it, it kind of, in a way, it does absolve it. Because it'll be different if it'll be different if it got to the Final Four this year and played well. But for a team that for for the last five years, we all knew basically with Tony Bennett's team, like sooner or later they're going to Tony Bennett. Mm -hmm. Right. Or Virginia's going to Virginia, basically. For them to, to, to go in a chalk-filled NCAA tournament and come out of it, you got to give them their props. It's not going to totally disappear because you're always going to hear people have a, a, that type of a, a question, the Jeopardy question. Trivia. Thank you. Trivia question where it's like, which number one was the number two so lost to a 15? But still, that team the next year came back and did way better than any of us ever expected. So it's not good, but when when you win a national title, especially talking about college, you only have a finite amount of time, and most players aren't even staying there that duration, the whole entire duration that you get you one. They can never really take that away from you. It's, that's we talked about baseball earlier and how hard it is to win a championship. Mm-hmm. We're talking about one and done an attorney, where it, a, a, a ball dribbling off your back foot and someone doesn't know that it's a double dribble can be what either gets you past or or you go home or throwing a ball, think you're calling a timeout and the player doesn't see the ball and it goes out of bounds. Yeah, I mean... That could have been this season. So, it's so many things we're talking about and I know you were talking about amateurism as far as the malarkey that goes on NCAA but we're still talking about young players. You yeah, know, they have yeah, So, yeah. young basketball players. So, when you when you were able to get a cohesive unit and this was this was a field this year, y'all. This was... It, when we got to the end, even the teams, like we can talk about the number five in Auburn, they deserve to be there. It wasn't like smoke and mirrors. Well, that that's because the talent now. I mean, there is a lot of lot of one and dones in big time schools, but you do have those kind of like four to five, maybe even threes. They have some guys that's juniors and seniors and kind of stay there, and they can and they and those teams are now kind of propping up, and you don't have just a straight chalk teams winning anymore. You just don't. Although Virginia was the number one seed, yeah. but I'm gonna go Oppo. Virginia was the very first number one seed. To lose to a 16 seed, 16 seed, that's gonna stay with you. I don't care if you did win one. That will always until it happens on a consistent basis. It'll never happen on a consistent basis. And that's why I'm saying I think they will be known first as the number one. It will go in this narrative, and you, I mean, in this order, and you just said it. They were the team that lost to a number 16 seed, and then they won a national championship. What's the next thing? Then they won a national championship. The first thing coming is they lost to a number 16 seed. I don't think so. I think that's always going to be... I think it's going to be there because you're the first. It's not like if you was the fifth, 
I, you did it, and you won a championship. They're the first. Now look, that's going to be around. You, you're it? right that it, it it will be mentioned because people are always mentioned anytime you have that one seed going up against the lower seed. Yeah. But the fact that the next year they came back and won it all, I think that's good for them. But you're but you're the first. I think that if they never something. won. I think if they never wanted you, be like Tony Bennett is a bum. I mean, I'm not, you you have your view. I have yeah, my yeah, different yeah, yeah, opinion. Yeah, yeah. But for them to come back and it's basically like they 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 learned their lesson in a way. I think it kind of, especially that next year. It, now, if this was a situation where that happened last year, and we're talking about two to three years from year, yeah. But we're talking about for the most part, outside of some players leaving. This is the same team that came back and was able to get over that shocking loss mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. not just play very well. Take the national championship game, and this was one of the better fields that we've had in a minute. I think. I think. What you are saying should be the narrative, mm-hmm. but we know that ain't the world we live in. Okay. And a lot of people's like, you could do something great. Your ass been in jail. You always going to be an ex-con. If you went out as a number one seed to a 16th seed and you the only one. Hold on. You the only one. Going to jail is bad. I'm just saying. Like, that's on your record record. Like, what that's you on their record record. What that's on their record record. But how many people go to jail, though, end up as the champion? Hey, you see how many Mike times Tyson people, came? Oh, he won the championship. But I mean, like you don't. I mean, a lot of people come out and be successful stories when they, when they leave the. Yeah, but I'm still saying jail. like it's not on Jay Z. The first line isn't former drug dealer. But he let you know he sold drugs all the time. But that's because it's cool. If it wasn't if it wasn't his way to be like, hey, hey I'm still cool, you guys. Some people think you're locked but up I'm, I'm school. Just, uh, you know? I'm just saying as far as a negative, something negative that's not on that leads it first is my point. When you bring up jail, I think that you're going a bit far. I'm just saying, people always want to throw the bad thing that you did first before they get you the good thing. It's kind of like, you know, you get knocked down, then you come back up. You always talk about the success story. The, the, but the, that's the point, though. The, I know that's the point, but all I'm trying but, to say is, what's the first thing they're going to say? The narrative, Man, your ass got knocked down. But, but no, no, that's you different. Came back, that's but, different. Yeah. The narrative. The narrative you just gave is different. People admire someone that gets beat, and I, I agree but you're with saying you. it. But you're saying it that initially it will be using a negative connotation. No, 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 no. But I'm just saying that's always going to be mentioned first. But if they're looking at them, but the most important thing they're mentioning is they went through trials and tribulations and they made Very it out true. the other end. Very true. Listen, you're an optimist. So you, you, I, what you're saying, I think, is what should be said. I think I'm just saying what people say. Josh, I think it's going to be mixed reviews. I think he's going to get. You want, I think your is going to get both. Um, and that's and a prime example of that is literally LeBron James, because if you're talking about LeBron James in a goat conversation, one of the first things they all say is that he's never gonna be the goat because he lost that a lot of times in the finals. But they're never gonna talk about the final that he won that cemented his legacy that much further. Um, that 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 basically helped take him to be in that goat conversation, which was bringing Phil- Cleveland that first championship. Or they bring up the decision, and not to mention him being the guy that was the chosen one to do it. So because of that. Mm-hmm. Virginia may, obviously, they're going to be uh, history, historically recorded as the team, the first team to lose to a 16 seed, especially as the top seed. But they're also going to, but historically, it's not also known, mentioned, or, or not that I know of, of a team that lost, that that, that basically lost that badly and came back and won. That changes the whole narrative. But this is the thing with LeBron. LeBron lost, lost. I'm only saying this from the point of, I think if LeBron had lost then let's even say he lost and won and lost and won people would still use that record against him let's say he he, he ended up even with uh, championship appearances and championships won he's what three out of seven three and six three and six three and seven three and six three and six boy he went four times four times with Miami and four times 
five times in Cleveland. Right. And won three. Right. So he's, wait, wait, four, five and four is nine. Math 101 with D.A. Yep. Davis. You just said five, but I'm saying five and four is nine. Nine. Yep. So he's three out of nine. It's no, nine three out of six. Well, he's, well, he's four, nine. His record's three, three and six. Four, nine. Yeah, that's right. Total fine. Yeah. I'm saying he's three out of nine. Okay, okay, what you saying? Am okay, I, he's yeah. not three yeah. out of nine? Yeah, he's How three many and six. Winning? He's yes, three yes, out of yes. nine. He's three and six in the finals. Yes. I'm th- three out of nine? Why can't you just say three out of nine? Six of one, half a dozen of another. Come okay, on. Okay, okay. The yes. point that I'm using, though, with, with what you're saying, I think if it was a situation where he was uh, eight, four and four, that people would still use it against him, but it wouldn't be as bad because you're talking. But LeBron lost when he went too early. It wasn't on him going up against that San Antonio team, and then to lose again, and then, I mean, then to to leave uh, uh, Miami for with losing, and on top of that, just really outside of listen, his first finals against Golden State was one of the greatest finals I've seen in my life. Mm-hmm. But he still went one one out of four. Is that good for you? He went one out of four. <laughs> So, I mean, I think compared to a team in Virginia where it's like one bad, one good, it's still not the same as that LeBron hate. And also, I think more people pay attention to LeBron, too, because LeBron is not to us polarizing, but some people right. he's going to be polarizing and, and basketball being bigger. He's more he's a, a brand name that's out there or whatever. How many people outside of real sports friends know who's even on Virginia's team? So that's, that's my only caveat to that that's as far point. as it being the same that's as LeBron. I would say looking right. at these two, if Virginia had won the national championship a couple of years later, for sure would be remembered for the losing as the number one seed to a 16. I think coming back and winning it the next year kind of absolves a little bit because mm-hmm. I think a lot of times when we talk about past performances, who did what, like underdog stories, we usually remember the winner and not so much the loser or at least how it exactly went down. I think we'll always remember UMBC, but not necessarily Virginia was the team that they lost to. Okay. And I think overall, we always look back at national champions with all this regard in college basketball. We hear about all the time how you haven't been back to the Final Four since blah, 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 blah. So I think overall that that is what is going to carry the Virginia torch for them. And they did a good job of at least uh, alleviating that demon a little bit by getting themselves a national champion. All right. From the Augusta National Golf Club in Augusta, Georgia, CBS Sports proudly presents the Masters. That one came off Stolberg. It's Stoltz working it back in deep. Fresh from the bench, it's Crosby. Crosby on Kunitz and Sutton's Moving over to my second question, and I know uh, obviously on the show here, big basketball fans all across the board, playoffs starting April 13th, but let's say that that is off the table in terms of viewing, and you are not allowed to, because the NHL playoffs are starting tomorrow, and the Masters tournament is starting on Thursday. Mm. So my question to you, what would you rather watch for the rest of this week and weekend if you have to watch either the NHL playoffs or Tiger Woods and the Masters? That would be a tough one if I knew Tiger would be there on Sunday with a chance to win. That's why I threw Tiger in there. Yes. If Tiger had a chance to win, I would be all in on that. But I don't think it's very few playoffs. If I can even rank them in my in my mind right now. I put it like this. Hockey playoff is fantastic. Because if you get a hot goalie and you can straight up have a number eight seed team and also too with the reformation of reformulating of the playoffs, playoff hockey is great. 
it is it is fantastic because it's literally it's a low scoring style of game and somebody might not score it can definitely be a championship game and you know saying somebody win one or nothing so one to zero so to say all that i think i would go with playoff hockey if i had to choose between the two uh, me personally um I mean, it's Tiger and like this is the thing. That's what I'm saying. As we say it, yeah. If yeah. Ti- so I would go with neither. No, no, no. You got to pick one. Uh, no, no. Man, you got to pick one. Uh, yeah, you got to pick one. You got to pick know. one. I don't know if that's what I was gonna I say. Avengers. Oh, Ryan, if you check <laughs> temperature in this room, <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say Marvel. The brothers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Netflix, Marvel, <laughs> Benching, <laughs> Game of Thrones. <laughs> All Wait right. for question three. All right. <laughs> I don't know if you don't know this isn't the hockey crowd. Uh, look, no, I would no, say no. T- I, I understand. I would say tight. I would say look, again, being here and uh, hockey. Even though you can be a huge hockey fan, but let's just say it's regional. Mm-hmm. The Blackhawks aren't in it. So as far as even if me watching it for this show, I don't have to watch it. If Tiger's not there on Sunday, I'm not gonna care. Depending on who's there, you know. Like I, I got a little affinity for Bubba. If Bubba's there, maybe. Uh, Roy has a first. I, I was think gonna he has say, a chance I'm to not, win a career. I'm not slam. feeling. I'm not. I'm, I'm not gonna be there if it's Roy. I'm not gonna be there if it's Roy. I'm a phenomenal player. I'm not gonna be there if it's Roy. If Tiger's there, y'all view it. So I'm honestly telling you, if Tiger's not there, I'm not gonna watch it, and I'm not watching the hockey. He said you gotta pick one kid. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm going. Okay, you know what I'm gonna pick? Game of Thrones. This is just mm. this is rude. Josh, who you got? <laughs> Which lead? Since, since, see, since I'm forced to actually choose, you have to choose. Yes, I guess I would do NHL because they have fights. Really? They really don't fight. That's no. where we're going. <laughs> <laughs> but they don't fight in the playoffs, though, Josh. That's where we're going. <sighs> it's the beautiful game. Some, someone can, someone can, you know, break those rules. We'll figure it out. But <laughs> he said he wanted to see. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> but I, like I said, I'm not a. Per- if Tiger's not in the Masters, I'm most likely not going to watch it. All right. I, that's just. Me and me following the game of golf all throughout. Guess when what? I was a kid. Guess what? It's not just you. A lot of people are going to watch it. The Tigers, even though people love the math, it's very oh, pretty. Yeah. But uh, still, getting to it, if Tiger's not there, I'm not watching them. Well, for Ryan? me, the obvious answer is the Masters. I love the Masters personally, but I am looking for that Tiger Woods flavor because. That is what really gets that golf tournament going. We got mm-hmm. Tiger contending because last year, that's what happened. He went into Sunday mm-hmm. with at least a shot, and that just blew everything up. And then he made a little bit of a charge, and mm-hmm. everybody started going crazy. If you can see Tiger Woods win a major tournament, that might be the biggest sports story that we've— The Masters at that? Yeah. That's his comeback to, to winning majors again? I mean, you're Tiger talking— proofing it. All the way at the top of sports stories, that's just ever. Yeah. I mean, it's huge. I mean, look, either way, it might be the sports story of the year. And this is April. If it catapults him back, I mean, we know last year, especially towards the end of the year, he started playing better. His back held up. If it gets to where he's kind of, kind of regular in contention, even though we know the field is a lot better than when Tiger was really Tiger, and these kids grew up watching him, they're not afraid of him. He didn't dominate them like the players of his era, so they don't have that built-in intimidation, a fear of him or whatever. But it's either or. If this helps him win another one or two, great. But what if this is the last one? Like, think about like, and that's why I and think. It's a, oh, I know, and this is a mass. He wins that one, and, and that's it. Are you saying he's piecing out, or no? Like I'm he just saying that that's, it, that's it. Like either way, it's the story. So I mean, mm-hmm. to go to like, if Tiger's there, I'm all in. But if he's not. It depends on like when I'm crossing in front of the TV, if it catches me or not. Then yeah. But if Tiger's not in, I'm not. I'm not. I don't want to lie to you. 
I want to be very honest as we built this relationship as executive producer <laughs> and host. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's talk about another big thing. You keep hinting at it, Kenneth. So we need to talk about it because it is Game of Thrones weekend coming up this weekend. Think back to where we started. That was just us. This goes beyond loyalty. This is about survival. <laughs> On oh, Sunday, yes it is. At the week between The Walking Dead and this, there's nothing this week. This is uh, this is the week that is going to come out. Shout out to Tony. Tony's going to do uh, um, a podcast about it for the score. Uh, we talked a little bit about it today. Um, we might pop up on there. Nice. Um, but the the best show out, the best show right now, the greatest show of all time. Game of Thrones is last season, six episodes, longer than regular episodes. Questions will be asked, who's going to rule that throne? What happens when, when, when John finds out that his lady love that he's bumping ugly with is his auntie? And be like, you know, forget that. That's how we do it. That's that's how Sargarius get him in, right? But um, it's dude, this right here is epic to say the least. And I already told my kids, listen, y'all best to go to bed because daddy's what time not, come on, eight or nine. Eight. <laughs> daddy's not watching this late. I want to be able to either tweet. You want to lie tweet it? I, I, I you don't, don't lie. You don't, I don't lie tweet like because like I don't want to take away from my viewership. I don't want to pause. Oh, what am I going to say? When, when, no, I want to focus. Because that's how you miss something on a show like Game of Thrones where everything can mean something. Mm. But I want to be able at the end of the show to, if I want to do that, oh, like if it's something significant, yes. Hey. But I'm just not the person that's going to do all that. But I, I want to be able at the end of the show, I know it won't happen all the time, to be able to talk about it and do whatever. But this is epic. For a, a nerd like me, this is epic. What was the oh, question? What was the you. question? We haven't even gotten to it yet. No, we didn't. Hold on one second there, buddy. <laughs> All right. So with the premiere this Sunday in its final season, as Ken pointed out, it's always fun with sports to predict a winner for the upcoming season. Sweet. So therefore, who do you predict to win the Iron Throne? Mm. Um, it's the blonde girl. I can't think of a name right now. Sansa? Da- no, no, it's Daenerys. Red. Da- yeah, yeah. Da- no, it's not. It's definitely not going to be Daenerys. You don't think it's going to be Daenerys? Daenerys no, no, no. no. Was the Queen of Dragons? Yeah, the not Queen of Dragons? No, no. We don't think it's going to be. Was because- that the blonde that you were talking about, though? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. she's. Emily what- Clark. It's, well, Hillary Clark, whatever. I guess you could call it platinum blonde or white. Yeah, I think somebody would call it maybe white. A little okay, bit black. Well, right, but again, right. it's the Queen of Dragons. That's who I'm rolling with. Too many similarities to her father, the Mad King. She's crossed the line a tad too much. She has a dragon. Every dragon ain't gonna make it up out of there. Yeah. <laughs> we already know it's maybe down to spoiler a, alert. There's an ice dragon as we know right now. Down to a dragon, yeah. if that, if not, yeah. well, she still gets two. Sans all dragons. Yeah, yeah one enough. You get two, listen, and then yeah. you'll have a dragon skull at the end. Yeah, listen, it's gonna definitely be if not both of these alive dragons compared to the zombie dragon. A lot of dragons gonna die. If not both of them allowed dragons. They're okay. not gonna because okay. also look at how it changes the nature of who the future leader is to have a megaton bomb and no one else has one. So the thing is, this for me, it's gonna be you. If, I think it's not gonna be John because John has died before. I don't think it'll be John. Now it could be their child if she's pregnant. 
But I think now looking at it that it may be Sansa because Arya is gonna die. Ar- the the, 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 the No Face guy is gonna come get that ass. So Ari is out. I mean, I love so her. You think the, I love her too. The redhead. I think. Be, San, I, think I think they're going to look at the Ari fact that Sansa's training. When you got to look at the fact that Littlefoot or Little Man. What's his well, name? That's not just her, but her, the, the member the the sister was training her when she was going to marry Joffrey too. Oh yeah, that's right. So and then look at how she had to sit there and go through the things that she had to do with uh, Yerin Greyjoy, and um, just all the stuff that she's been through, and then being basically the queen of the North. It would seem like they're tra- that she may be getting trained mm. to take that up. My preference would be Jon Snow. I mean, but if they give us Jon Snow, it's too good. It's like yeah, it's they got to break our heart. Yeah. That's very what this Hollywood. is about. That's yeah. very Hollywood. It's not exactly. Game of Thrones like. They got to break our hearts. Josh, Josh, do you watch Game of Thrones? Not at all. You sinners are watching that old. God, <laughs> <laughs> do you watch Game of Thrones? All right. Wow, guy! I brought it to the Gill family. You smack it off the plate. <laughs> I right. gave it to Tony. He ran with it. But you're too good. Guy's too good. Oh yeah, Tony with his drum it. solos. Tony was he got an episode ahead of us. He was binge watching so much. Mm-hmm. He was pirating. Hey, shh. Hey, whatever. Who Don't cares? snitch on Tony. Oh, whatever. See, I, I think for me, <laughs> I'm gonna go with Tyrion to take over the throne at the end. The I just, yeah, I feel like mm. he really? is the master planner, strategic. He is, He's he always is. overlooked by everybody and just at the end of that last season oh, when yeah, he kind of like wait, smacked yeah, his hands doing? around. Only problem with that. Can I slid off to the shadows or something? It's not going to be a Lannister. It's not going to be a Lannister. Like Jamie Jamie? House of Lannister. Like, Jamie dead as hell. <laughs> like Jamie, Are they all dead? The best way, the only thing that can happen, I, it doesn't seem like, what's the the the, the, the tall lady that Jamie is a uh, lustful? Yeah, um, I forget her name. So, her, uh, Cersei. No, 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 that's the sister. That's the sister. Cersei's the sister. No, I'm not talking about his love. I'm talking about the lady that was supposed to be watching Sansa and that was, um, she was in charge of... Um, I'll let you know in a second. Yeah, but I think she's going to end up dead and Jamie's going to end up dead because Jamie's going to kill Cersei. Remember what the uh, Bryn? Yeah, Bryn. Yeah. Remember what the witch told Cersei. She basically said, I forget whatever word she used, but the word is younger brother is like gonna strangle her or something. And they're twin. I, I, I know they're twins. I bet you Cersei's the older twin. What about Bron? Bron. Bran. Bran can't be. He's the third eye. He's the three eye raven. So why can't he be the? Can't he, why can't I he feel the king like he's got a three eye raven. No, but remember, Bran may end up being trapped in the past. That's mm. the thing. Is is Bran the Bran the builder that built the wall? Oh yeah. yeah the yeah, question yeah, yeah, is, yeah. if Bran gets it's, it gets trapped from traveling in time and stuff like that, it's not going to be Bran. Remember, Bran isn't really connected to this world anymore. Remember, he told old girl like, "You can leave." She was yeah, like, "Bran, you yeah. ain't the same." He's like, "Bye." But Brand, like so, I mean, it's definitely not. <laughs> it's not gonna be Brand. It's not gonna be Brand. Like, nah, it's not gonna be Brand. I told Hodor to hold the door. I told <laughs> that damn door. You can go. <laughs> tell that mother to hold the door. <laughs> I loved how your brother died saving me. <laughs> Three eyes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm you sticking with Daenerys. Yeah, why not? Why not? Well, I had a fourth question, she but it related to our NBA discussion we had earlier on, so I figured three is a pretty good spot. Then the Ice King drugged that dragon about it. It was like, why are they carrying no chains? Man, at least that dragon is damn. They're all in that ice water. Oh, no, they're dragging up the dragon. Can I add something to the other Game of Thrones fans? Are, are yeah. we a little concerned? Because 
season by season all the way through has been great when it comes to timing. They were trying to rush some things timing-wise last season. I'm a little bit worried, and I'm glad that they're extending the episodes, but, like, Ravens were flying at the speed oh, of light. People were moving at the speed of light. Right. It's like, we got, we just got uh, on this boat, and now we're much. all the way on the other side right. of the world. It's called television. But, see, they didn't do that at all Initially. early. It's like, like they, they were the regular. Books, it took you forever to get there. Yeah, 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 but this was, they were still in the they're books. Rushing, they're rushing it, and it's scary. It's me. called Hollywood. If this was, if the last two seasons... This is season eight or nine. I think this, this is, is season. I can tell you in a it's eight, but part B, I believe. Okay. Or no, seven, part B. So it's eight. So if this was season five, after season five, because season five was full of filler. It like with going to what you just said. Seven. It took Tyrion and um, what's his name that loves Daenerys forever to finally get where they're going through the stone thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it was like that season only had to me three good Game of Thrones seat, Game of Thrones episodes. The rest was like, it's a lot of filler in this. And you could tell that they had passed, caught up to the book or whatever. Yeah. Even though a lot of Game of Thrones fans feel like that the writers, since they're past the book, kind of give us too much of what we want compared to uh, the George R. M. Martin. Yeah, R. R. Martin. R. R. Martin, R. Martin. How, he, how he initially wrote it, even though he told them how he expected the book was going to end. I still think they've done a, a well enough job to where I'm not worried about that. But you made a great point that they extended the episodes, mm-hmm. so it gives them more time to put everything up. There. They're oh, two, they're two like hour episodes in my hour and a half. I think they, they, they no, they're not they all the same all size. Over an hour. An hour and and I, thought that they, I thought they were hour and a half. You could. Be, I don't think they all have the same size, the, the same length. I don't know if they have. Yeah, I don't think they're all the same length. And I thought they had announced that they're all over an hour. They're definitely over an hour. Okay. D and Davis show the hey, shout out to Ryan with that man uh, up for grabs. We record right here at six seven in the score. Up next, we're gonna go into a little baseball. Al yelling up SB Nations bleed. Cubby Blue is gonna hop on with us and talk a little bit about the Chicago Cubs. D and Davis show. What's up, Chicago? This is Chris Sosa from Red Eye, and you're listening to the D and Davis show. D and Davis show right now. We have Al yelling on. Follow him at bleed Cubby Boo. He bleed bleed Cubby Blue. I'm, I apologize, Al. Oh, uh, that's all right. <laughs> it's, it's SB Nations and Cub section. I mean Cub section. How you doing, Al? I'm great. Thanks. Thanks for having me. No how how long how long have you had uh, bleed Cubby Blue? Uh, we started uh, bleed Cubby Blue in uh, 2005. So oh, okay. yeah, it's it's like ages and blog years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You said 2005. You were dedicated, dedicated. Yeah, with, really. This isn't yeah, brand right. new. Mm-hmm. Oh, you've been through the ups and the downs. How long have you been a Cubs fan? Oh, more years than I want to tell you. Okay, we keep that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. So, look, let's let's jump into this season. Um, listen, I'm a proponent of it's too early, but I, I think for any team that people are looking for to continue, you don't want the season to start off exactly like this. Looking at some of the issues they had, let's just even go with the pitching. Uh, what do you think they're gonna they're gonna work their way out of, and what what th- what is trending right now that you're worried about moving forward in the rest of the season? Well, I think the you know, one thing I want to talk about is what's trending good, and that's you know that's the bullpen, which was so bad the first few days. You know, now they've got 11 straight scoreless innings, hmm. so maybe the bullpens turn things around. It's been kind of tough to lose John Lester, um, you know, who's uh, hurt himself yesterday, might go on the injured list. Uh, hopefully, only misses one start. Um, because he'd been the most consistent starter all year. You know, now they you know, now they've got a couple of days where they're gonna have really bad weather, possibly a couple of postponements coming up. So they're gonna pile up games towards the end of the season again. That's really not good. So, um, you know, those are a couple of things I worry about. One thing you don't have to worry about is the offense, mm. which has been fantastic. 
you know, here, here's a team with a three and seven record, and they have a run differential of plus one. Mm. So they're, they're scoring a lot of runs. Now all they have to do is stop giving up runs, and they could go on a long winning streak. Look, you mentioned the bullpen and the success they've had, but a guy they were thinking about depending on this year or thought they could depend on, and CJ got sent down. Do you think CJ is going to self correct, or is this something that you expect is going to affect him for the rest of the year? Some people would say that his body language looked terrible against the Braves. I hate to get into it like that, but watching that game, it, it didn't come off like he, he was fully confident in his stuff. Well, I think, you know, I think CJ does take everything very, very, very tough. He's very, he's kind of an emotional guy. You see that when he succeeds, you know, he, he runs off the field, you know, you know, with a in the air, which is great. Um, but I think he's got to learn to control that a little bit uh, and, you know, take the bad when it happens, take the good when it happens. Um, I think maybe, maybe the trip to Iowa will be good for him in terms of kind of resetting himself. And, you know, he could be back soon. If, if for example, they could bring him back, if John Lester goes on the injury list, they could bring him back because with an injury, you don't have to stay down 10 days. So he had a good outing uh, last night at Iowa. Maybe he'll come back and be all right. Dan Davis on the line, Al Yalen from SB Nation's Bleed Cubby Blue. Uh, real quick, I'll stick with CJ. Do you expect when he comes back, I mean, for years we expected for him to be the guy to close it out at the end. Is that still something that we can look forward to, or is it just, you know what, if this guy can sit in there and give us some endings in between, that's all we need, and we shouldn't even worry about him being a closer? Well, I think, you know, you're right. Everybody kind of thought he was closer and waiting. It could still happen, but I think right now, I think the important thing is just to get, to get him right so he can get outs whenever whenever Joe Madden puts him in the game. Al, one, just kind of sticking with a bullpen and, and closing role, you have an article up on the, on the, on the website uh, saying should the Cubs sign Craig Kimball. Two-part question with that. Number one, why is he still a free agent coming off of Boston and winning the World Series? He's still out there. And two, uh, this, uh, the, the question of the article, should, they, should the Cubs look to bring him into uh, friendly confines? Well, I think the reason that Craig Kimball is still a free agent is that his salary demands haven't come down. Mm. And it kind of looks like, you know, maybe he's waiting until midseason where teams think, you know, they could trade for somebody, but then, you know, here's a guy that they don't have to trade for. On the other hand, you know, a guy like that, um, you don't want to run into a Greg Holland situation like when the Cardinals signed him last year, rushed him in, and he was awful for St. Louis because he wasn't ready to go. So if you signed a guy like that now, you'd probably have to send him to extended spring training. Then, you know, he'd probably have to uh, do a rehab assignment or a, a few games at Iowa before he was ready. So even if you sign him today, you might be waiting, you know, two or three weeks before you could get him into a major league game. So, you know, like I said in the article, you know, it sounds good, but I'd kind of be maybe inclined not to do it. D and Davis show on the line with right now. Al Yellen of SB Nation, Bleed Cubby Blue. You can make sure you follow him on Twitter at Bleed Cubby Blue. Now, as you said before, the record isn't looking good, but the runs are looking good. Uh, so far, I mean, what's that one player on the field right now? It's like, you know what? I'm, I'm glad he's hot. I'm glad he's, he could be, yeah, definitely with the offense hitting. Uh, but who's really standing out to you that's a good sign for Cubs fans right now? Well, there's two guys I want to mention. One is Kyle Schwarber, who's just been, you know, hitting with power. He's hitting with power to the opposite field. Mm-hmm. Doing everything that you know, everybody thought he would do when when he was drafted, you know. If you remember that, you know, the guy missed the whole season with an injury. Then the next year he got sent down for a part of the year. So last year really was his first full year in the major leagues for the whole season. So he's still got you know some ramping up to do. The other guy who you know everybody's kind of been down on for a while is Jason Hayward. He's off to a great start. He's hit some home runs. He looks real good at the plate. You know, if Jason Hayward can start hitting, this offense has got to 
suddenly got a, a really good player who they you know haven't had for the last couple of years. Al, let me ask you this. Going along with the offense and kind of what D was saying, Chris Bryant, I mean, even though he's had a home run, he still isn't to the, the type of proficiency that we expect, and the same with Anthony Rizzo. So looking at this offense, you kind of have to be happy. And, I mean, even going to last year, these guys weren't themselves. Bryant was, Bryant was hurt, and Rizzo didn't necessarily have the year you expected. Mm-hmm. And you had Javi killing. But now you got guys hitting, and these guys aren't even popping. When do you expect for these guys to get popping? Well, you know, Rizzo has – traditionally been a slow starter. He doesn't really like hitting in cold weather. If he doesn't have a great April, I would expect him to turn on once the weather gets warm. Uh, Chris Bryant, you know, Chris Bryant literally looks like he could use a day off, and so maybe this day off today will help him. Uh, he started off real good in a home run in his first game this year, but he's struggling a little bit, and you know, it might be wor- it might be not a bad idea to give him a kind of a break for a couple of days, let him reset himself. If Albert Armora, and you know you look at him as being a, a really good defender out there at center, but if he doesn't get to hidden, can we look at Ian Happ coming up real quick? I don't think so. I think that uh, Ian Happ's going to be uh, in the minor leagues for a while. He's still striking out way too much, and if he's striking out in AAA, there's no way he's not going to do that in the major leagues. So I, I would not be surprised to see him uh, at Iowa for half a season mm. trying to get rid of those strikeouts. Looking at you, Darvish, uh, not a good outing so far, and last year was kind of a year you probably want to forget. But personally for you, what is the what is the time frame to kind of see if he really can stick it out here on the north side? Well, you know, he's got to just kind of get some consistent starts behind him. He was really good in spring training, looked sharp. Yeah, he had the little blister problem at the end of spring training. Then he had a really horrendous first start where he walked everybody in, in the world. Second start was a little bit better, so you know it'd be nice, especially at home. Like if he, you know, if he can start a game at Wrigley Field, do well, get the fans behind him. Uh, he's certainly he's healthy. Uh, that as long as that blister is healed, he's 100 percent healthy. So that's all he has to do is start pitching the way he did uh, when he was with the Rangers. He's not that old. I think he can still do it. D and Davis show Al Yellen's on the line with us right now at Bleed Cubby Blue. Uh, looking at the NL Central too, man. I think we can probably say this is probably going to be one of the best. Uh, divisions in baseball this year. Milwaukee's already out to the hot side, start eight and three. Pittsburgh five and four. Who the Cubs playing right now? You got St. Louis at five hundred ball. I'm always a proponent of saying. I think everybody knows as the baseball man, you have a really small window, and when the window shuts, it it shuts. So if you're looking at it, and you know, since looking into the future, your your uh, cubby uh, eight ball, uh, looking into the future of glass ball, you know, looking at and trying to see exactly where they're at, maybe around all-star break or halfway point to the season. What do you think the Cubs, if they're not there just yet, do they just basically stay in pat? You let Theo, you know, kind of keep doing what he's doing, or do you ex- suspect it's like, you know what, it's time to go ahead and make some major changes? Well, I think that if they're, if, you know, they do somehow fall out of contention and it doesn't look like they're going to be in the playoffs in 2019, I think then you will see uh, some of these guys traded off because they do, you know, they do have some tradable parts. Cole Hamels is tradable. Steve Ciszek is tradable. Even Ben Zobrist is probably tradable to a contender and maybe they can get some, you know, decent prospects in return. Um, I would expect them to do that if they're not in contention. On the other hand, I do expect them to be in contention. Okay. You know, the Milwaukee Brewers may be in first place with an eight and three record, but their run differential is minus one. So, you know, they basically got the same run differential as the Cubs. These things do tend to even out. I don't think the Brewers are that good. Hmm. Uh, you know, the, I mean, the Cubs scored 10 runs on them in consecutive games uh, over the weekend, even though they only won one of those games. Right. 
So, you know, the Brewers pitching staff is maybe not as great as everybody thought it would be. Yeah, they got Josh Hader, but he can't pitch every day. And uh, I expect the, I expect this to be a tight race, and I expect the Cubs to be in it. Where do you expect the Cardinals to be in this race? Well, that's interesting. You know, the Cardinals got Paul Goldschmidt, who has been a Cubs killer for a long time. Goldschmidt's off to a good start. Um, he will definitely be a factor in this division race. Cardinals got some good young pitching. You know, they always seem to hang in there. Cardinals always seem to do yeah. something. And so, you know, could could very well be a, a three-team fight like it was last year. We, we record out of 670 to score, and today on the Lawrence Holmes show, he had Joe Madden on as he does every week. And Joe didn't know that uh, Lester was going on the I.L. Do you think that that's an example of the disconnect between him and the front office? Or is this just one of the things that kind of just skipped about looking at the fact that he's a lame duck manager right now? Well, that, that's kind of hard to say also. I mean, um, maybe there's a disconnect. Um, maybe maybe Joe just didn't want to say anything because nothing's been made officially yet. I mean, there was just you know a couple reports from some of the, some of the beat writers that you know quoted a source. And nobody from the team really wants to go on record as saying anything official right now. And, you know, Joe's kind of an official representative of the team when he's on the radio. So I don't think he wanted to say anything and, and step on anybody's toes. But I, I just think that, um, you know, that we just have to kind of wait and see what happens. Let me ask you this. Um, looking at the fact that and you being a, a, a blogger and writing on the Cubs and looking at what's taking place under Joe Madden and all the success, but thinking about perhaps they want someone that's going to crap that, that rip a, whip a little bit harder. Is that a Joe issue, or is it an issue to do with how this roster's makeup, especially when you think about the free agents that they brought in last season? And I think I think when you're talking about cracking the whip a little hard, I, I hear this all the time. You know, people say, well, you know, these guys need to have a fire lit under them. Mm. It's like, that's not what they need. They just need to produce up to their talent. Mm. You know, nobody, when, you know, the last time the Cubs got somebody, uh, they thought could light a fire under him. That was Milton Bradley. That that didn't work out too well. So I, I think that lighting a fire or you know kicking somebody in the butt to do that, they just have to keep doing what they've been doing. You know, Joe Madden's been at this a long time. He's been successful. He's been in. He was in the World Series in Tampa. He won a World Series with the Cubs. He knows what he's doing, and I think he knows how to motivate these guys. And I think they they believe in him. Uh, they believe in, in in what he's trying to accomplish. And, you know, if they, if they don't do it, I don't think it's on Joe. I think it's on the players. These are the players that Theo Epstein gave him. So, you know, I think it's more on the players than on, than on Joe. They just have to do what, you know, this is a talented team that has won before. And I think they can, they can do it again if they just perform Al, up to their capabilities. Al, do you think it's, uh, it's not smart for them to let him go? No, I think Joe Madden, Joe Madden's been the best manager the Cubs have had here in more than 80 years. Um, you know, four straight postseason appearances, that's never happened before in yeah. Cubs history. I think they'd be crazy to let him go. Better than Don Zimmer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, better than Don Zimmer. Yeah, for sure. Rest in peace, Don. Uh, look, oh, okay. look, real quick before D jumps in and getting back to the players, is this an example of too much too soon or looking at the fact that we're not supposed to be in, in a steroid era, is it just one of those things where it's baseball and there's a ebbs, there's ebbs and flows and it's kind of this this kind of dip that these players as a team collectively have kind of going through after so much success early on? Well, that's exactly right. I think it's an ebb and flow. You know, if the Cubs lost 7-9 like in the middle of June, 
it wouldn't be great, but nobody would really notice that much. It's just the fact that they were two and seven to start the season. That's what everybody focuses on. Remember, in the, in the when the year they won the World Series, they went through three weeks in June when they lost fifteen out of twenty, and yet they still went on to win one hundred and three games. Mm. So it's just kind of magnified because it's the start of the season. I, I look back, you know, I was looking back at one of Joe Madden's teams. In fact, in Tampa, the twenty eleven Rays, they were two and eight. Three weeks later, they were in first place. So you know, they went on a they went on a run where they won twenty three out of thirty. This Cubs team could do that easily. They're talented enough to do that, and they could easily be in first place by you know, say like the first or second week of May, if not earlier. Al, how long do you think Theo's going to stay around? I mean, he has this, this theory with the ten year gap, and you know, it's what ten year span is time to go. But do you think he's going to stick around maybe a little bit longer? Would you, would you like? Would you like uh, him you know, to? He, you're right about the 10 years. I mean, that's what he said when he left Boston. I wonder if – sometimes I wonder whether that was true or whether he was just kind of covering his butt because he was fired. Hmm. Um, and, you know, he, he, he will – he's got two more years left on his deal after this year. That will be 10 years with the Cubs. So is that enough? I mean, if he wins one more World Series in the three years he's got left, then maybe it is enough. And he'll say, you know, my work here is done. Um, I don't, you know, he's not even going to be 50 years old by then. So, you know, maybe he'll want to keep going. Maybe he'll want to go on and do something else. Uh, I don't know. I would imagine the Tom Ricketts would like to keep him around, mm-hmm. but they have a couple of years before they have to make that decision. And last one, uh, as you said, you've been writing for a very long time. Uh, great website there, but how many Cubs fans have you had to talk off the ledge in this early season? <laughs> Yeah, just about everybody, actually. <laughs> um, and it's, you, just, you know, look back on the years and years of losing. This is the golden age of Cubs baseball in anybody's lifetime is around right now. Mm. you got to look at that. Um, I, I think that, you know, I think they've got a three-year window left until, you know, a lot of these guys like Chris Bryant becomes a free agent and some of these other guys become free agents and when Theo's contract is up. So, you know, everybody says, well, oh, this year's make or break. I, I think they've got three more years, including this year. If they win one more time in those three years, I think they've done everything they could do. If Al, they win two more times, that you know that would be great. Yeah. Our last one, last one. If they don't win, it, will it be even though this is very successful, being a team that hadn't won in 108 years, but will it be looked upon like Atlanta when they only won one but won the AL East all those years, or will you still look at this as an overall just super success and there won't be any type of shadow cast over it? I think it, I think it'll be a success. I, I, it might not be as big a success as everybody wanted because I think when they did win, uh, you know, everybody thought, "Hey, you know, this is a team that's set up and they can win two or three more times." You know, kind of like the Blackhawks did, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, winning three Stanley Cups in, in six years, yeah. And that's kind of the thing that you would want, or like the Giants won three World Series in five years. That's the kind of thing that you know I had hoped this team would do. They could still do it if they only win once. Well, I mean, look at the Red Sox. You know, they, they they went a long time between World Series, but they've got four in they had four in fifteen years. It, it's hard. It's really hard to do to win. Yeah. And even four in fifteen years, that's hard to do. So yeah, you'd love to see one more. Is it a failure if they don't? No, because they won. And I think that's you know all really all any Cubs fan I know wanted. We just wanted to see it once. Well, Al, you have to come back. Yeah. We have to do this again. I, Love, love to anytime. Thanks, Al. Have a good one. Thanks for having me. And that was Al yelling, SB Nation's Bleed Cubby Blue. You can follow him on Twitter at Bleed Cubby Blue. So, yeah, I mean, you always want to try to get another championship. I mean, we're White Sox fans, and it's been since 2005, and we haven't had another one. 
I mean, would you consider that run what they had a success? No. You wouldn't? No. no. I mean, if we're being honest, no, it's not. Because even compared to this Cubs run. The I think the Cubs run is better. Yeah, because they, they've either been in the ALCS. I mean, they've been in the playoffs all these years, mm-hmm. one. I mean, the White Sox were, were in the playoffs one more time after that. Yeah, they and, got knocked out the next round. And you can apply, like when we were just talking to Al, that's baseball. Like, like if you look at the like you look at the Red Sox as a dominant team, all right, four in fifteen in fifteen years. Mm-hmm. That's a long swatch of time. And before that, it was always knocking on the door, but yeah. you couldn't get in because of the Yankees. Yeah. So I mean, you look at that, and then you look at the fact. I think us definitely grew up, and even with Ryan here and Josh Hicks being in the studio with us, and young guy, like we all know about that late '90s run from the Yankees. But that's that's abnormal. It is. It so is. It, a dynasty like that is abnormal. But very I, abnormal. Again, like. The thing about, and I mean, I would say there is a more, you can be smudge the, uh, the the Braves because, I mean, they won the AL East for like 14 years straight, yeah. you know. But with this Cubs run compared, going back to your question of the Sox, yeah, the Sox won and they got it out first, but it's somewhat of a failure mm. in a way. But I'll tell you but why it's not. I think the team that the Sox had, no one expected them to win. Mm-hmm. So in a way, you can say they stole a championship. So if you steal a championship, which I'm a big fan of, a year you're not supposed to do it, you and get you, you one. Mm-hmm. And, but see, the thing is, usually that's the pelt on there to go with another pelt, where right. you're like, I got two of them. They'd be like, you stole the first one. Like, yeah, we played our asses off. And, and then we got another one. And you you didn't even get to the playoffs really uh, consecutively enough after that, that <laughs> it's really something that you can you can be put Hang your hat on. Right. The playoffs, the, the the prior playoffs before the World Series was 2000. They lost to Seattle. Then they made it back in 05. They had the they blackout won. game. They had the blackout game. They won. And that was in 08, maybe? Yeah. Oh, that, 08 was 09. that was special. It was nice. But see, this is why. Before I, John Danks was pushing oh, people off. Oh, yeah, true. <laughs> Coking his blood. Fat Ken Griffey. But he made a nice out. Um, but no, that's why I, would, I will say it's kind of different. It just comes to baseball. It is very abnormal to see. What the Giants did, what the Yankees did, yes. even four and fifteens—that's abnormal. I, it's very, very hard to win a World Series. That's why I won't say it's, a, it's. It was a success in my eyes. Would I have wanted more? Yes. I just want some playoffs. I feel you. I feel you. I feel and, you. On and, that and especially like this, I feel you on that. One. I'll yes. say this: you, it's not even like outside of the pitching staff, which we know was tired, and we shouldn't be focusing on the whole five socks like this. Outside of the pitching staff, <laughs> that you home. know was tired. Mm-hmm. The you you messed around with that team. You you got rid of Ruined, all right? Who had some few good years after yeah, that? Shouldn't have made that. You trade. brought in Tommy. You still you could have had Tommy and Frank Thomas and just mm-hmm. DH both of them and had one lefty and one righty. Like just mess if you're gonna mess with the team, you better do something. If you again, if you stood pat and failed, cool. And I know someone say if you stand pat, you're really not uh, making any advances Man, again. But you know what? It it's great for both sides of the city. Yeah. I want the Cubs in this window to win another World Series. I mean, like we're a Sox fans. Yeah. I mean, because it's hard though, man. When you amass all this with this talent, you hope that you can get over the hump. I mean, who doesn't like Joe Madden? Like, right. if you don't like Joe Madden, you just yeah, don't like fans and pot. Get over yourself. There's nothing wrong with some some cloth van, cloth interior in a van, a little <laughs> smoke to some Doobie Brothers. And we know Joe loves uh, chocolate chip cookies. Yeah, thanks right. to Lawrence. Not Holmes. those oatmeal cookies. Joe, I got to ask you a question that was a bit of controversy on the show last week. Wanted to get your expert opinion on this. If I offer you a chocolate chip cookie right. or an oatmeal raisin cookie, which Ooh. one are you going to grab? Oh, chocolate chip. There's Thank you. Chip. Yes. No, there's no, there's, listen, the oatmeal raisin, very overrated. I know the, the health food junkies, whatever. Uh, but even as a kid, man, there's no, you'd never run away from chocolate ever. This is what I tried to explain <clears throat> to my producer, Tony, that <clears throat> if, if someone, look, the oatmeal raisin cookie is fine. 
There, no one's going to turn it down. But yeah. if you're telling me that someone has made a batch of oatmeal raisin cookies versus a batch of chocolate chip, I'm all in on the chocolate chip. You're trying to pull yourself into thinking that the oatmeal raisin is healthy. That's what people try to do. It's not. It's, it's just as sweet and it's just as bad for you. It just doesn't taste as good. Joe, overrated though? Yes, they're overrated, Tony. Oh and- my God, overrated. A peanut butter. And I go peanut butter Whoa. way at the top of the list. Absolutely. <laughs> peanut butter, chocolate chip. Oh my God, you can't beat that. Well, you're being and just very chocolate chip. Oreos, but anything but an oatmeal raisin. Anything but. Yes, Joe, this is why I love that you're going to be on the show every week. You bring a sense of calm and, <laughs> and actual <laughs> sensical ideas to the show. <laughs> Joe, thanks so much, man. We'll talk soon. Have a great day, brother. See you, buddy. Bye. That's Joe Madden. Yes! Wow. I am vindicated! He does not know how strong the oatmeal raisin army is. Look, world championship manager, Joe Madden, not only did he just choose, because he could have just chose. Like, Joe could have been like, oh, I like chocolate chip cookies. No. My man went into depth about why an oatmeal raisin cookie is trash. He spiked the ball. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Hey, man, don't sleep on the oatmeal cookie. So if anybody doesn't know this, real quick before we go to break. Damn good. We got into a debate about chocolate chip and oatmeal cookies, and I I told Tony, your old cookie-eating ass... (laughs) And that, and again, I like oatmeal cookies. I've had some oatmeal cookies. I was like, damn, this is tasty. I love a good oatmeal. But a, a great chocolate chip cookie clearly outweighs, and it came up on Lawrence Home Show. Make sure you check out yes. Lawrence Home Show on 670 Score every weekday at noon. Tony Gill's executive producer of it. Please check that. Also check out uh, No Zones, Tony's podcast on the Bulls. He has mm-hmm. a new one that just dropped. And Julie's podcast with Tony. <laughs> but uh, behind sti- the headlines, yeah. Behind, thank you, D. Behind the headlines, but still a great chocolate chip cookie. I mean, and we we're talking about just walking in here in the score. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, there's so many ways to have a great chocolate chip cookie. I feel like there's only one way to have a great oatmeal cookie because it's, a great oatmeal cookie is soft. Yeah. All right, and the, you want a hard chocolate chip oatmeal raisin? No, no, no. I, I prefer soft, but this is the thing. Okay. You can have a great hard chocolate chip cookie. You can have a. You can have. I'm not a fan of the hard. I'm not either. I'm not either. So I'm saying this, being someone that's always been a chewy cookie fan. Mm-hmm. I've had some chocolate chip cookies that were hard. I was like, this is a tasty ass cookie. Like, my old man owned a couple of Subways back in the day, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the main things that was going back in the day, besides the 99 cent cold cut sandwich, you know, I let you know cookies. how. Let you know I know how long ago that was. It was some cookies, mm-hmm. and people smell them cookies off of seventy first. I'm like, damn, I want some of them cookies. Don't sleep, man. What was they buying? Them? Oh. oh it was between the two. You know what? You know what else had a really good um, showing in the store? The uh, macadamia nut. Cookie. Oh yeah, yeah. Macadamia. That was a good Subway cookie. But oh yeah, people a love chocolate chip cookie. Can be semi chewy, yeah. all the way chewy, oversized. Like there's so many different ways. I think you could do the same thing with an oatmeal. No, cookie. you can't have no big ass oatmeal What's cookie. What's wrong with a good thick That'd oatmeal? That would be like a bowl of oatmeal. Down here. <laughs> well, I like, oatmeal give me this morning, so I don't like Nobody's like, give me the jumbo oatmeal cookie. Nobody's coming for that. I'm I'm riding with uh, young Tony. I, Double up on the grandma cookies, please. I love a good oatmeal raisin. All right, we want to thank Al Yellen for joining us. Definitely great conversation. Follow him at Bleed Cubby Blue. We're gonna come back and wrap up the rest of this week. Dean Davis. Yo, what's up? This is Rashid Hadi, and you're listening to the Dean Davis Show. Yeah. DN Davis Show last segment. I definitely want to thank Josh Hicks for being in studio with us and also Al Yellen uh, for coming on with us. Definitely great info. Look forward to him coming on later. Follow him at Bleed Cubby Blue, SB Nation. 
Um, but look, we're going to get off and get off into a little bit of uh, soap opera stuff that's taking place in the NFL. Drama. One was the Yahoo article last week at the end of the week that came out, and it was long about Aaron Rodgers. And the, the, listen, the writer, he got he went for all of his. Uh, you have an agenda? Well, Aaron Rodgers is saying today that the agenda was to further his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, the, to give you some bullet points of what took place, the article said that um, Aaron Rodgers and um, Mike McCarthy haven't been getting along for haven't been getting along since even when they won the Super Bowl. That even after the Super Bowl, Aaron Rodgers was like, I bailed this dude out or whatever. Um, I think we all kind of knew the last couple of years some of the stuff that took place as far as Aaron Rodgers not going along with the majority of the plays that McCarthy mm-hmm. calls into them or whatever. Yep. A lot of people said that they, that they really didn't talk was what we kind of heard in the periphery. Um, but the things that we heard in this article in detail was that Mike McCarthy uh, missed one meeting for sure, and this is alleged. But he missed several meetings because he would be getting a massage. Mike McCarthy. This is, and they said that he was <laughs> he snuck the masseuse up the back stairwell. Yeah, I guess the players were talking to the massage therapist, and they were able to get out of her. That Mike would sneak her in, like on this back entrance during. He would only get a massage, right? Because uh, I didn't hear it from any Robert Kraft. Uh, the defense type. for Mike McCarthy in that is allegedly he was very giving with his power to his other coaches, so he allowed them to kind of just run the meeting because he wanted to give them that power because he didn't allow coaches to go be head coaches anywhere else. If they were under contract, he was mm. always going to deny them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in exchange, he would give them more power as assistants. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they went on to also talk about. So you had players like one uh, Greg Jennings, who we all know, a fantastic career in Green Bay, but more of a Brett Favre fan and Aaron Rodgers fan. Yes, yes. Uh, so Greg Jennings and Aaron Rodgers had beef for a long time. You had Ryan Grant, former running back, who really looked out, kind of looked out for Aaron Rodgers in, in that discussion. You had uh, uh, Michael Jermichael Finley. Jermichael 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 Finley. Finley. Jermichael Finley went at his. And, I mean, you know, Jermichael Finley definitely career shortened because of a neck issue. Yeah. Uh, but even while he was in Green Bay, at times underperformed compared to his talent level. And underutilized, too, at times. True, too. true. But something about Aaron Rodgers and that tight end has never been this thing like mm-hmm. it was with necessarily Brett Favre. Um, but it, the article was just talking about how sensitive Aaron Rodgers was. It definitely went into the fact that we've heard over the years he has an issue with his family members. Some people said that yeah, that he even talked to his family. Like yeah, that. Like people he, saying that he won't let go of grudges. Yes, yeah. that it, once he's done to you, he's dead. Greg Jennings went on You're to dead. say that part of the thing that affected their relationship was when uh, Brett Favre was in was a Viking. He went up and to talk to him, and that Aaron Rodgers told him like, "Why'd you go and do that?" And he was just like, "What are you talking about? Like, why does it have to be like that?" Well, but it was just yeah, it was talking about just he's too. Sensitive. You mentioned that uh, Marcus Spears from ESPN's Get Up talked mm-hmm. about how toxic he was. He said he's a toxic player. Anybody else, he would be labeled as a toxic player. But it, it just went into how uh, it went into how former um, uh, AD at um, Northwestern now, basically de facto owner, but running the uh, the the the, um, the the Packers in uh, Murphy. How Mark he, Murphy. Thank yeah. you, Mark Murphy. How Mark Murphy basically told Aaron Rodgers, listen, with with LeFleur, this bet not take place. Basically, you better chill your ass out. Now, I'm not saying this actually happened, but it was like, I basically, I, even though they signed him to this huge contract, I'll get rid of your ass. You know, like, they didn't ask him who the coach was going to be. They didn't Damn. go and talk to him, which I still don't think necessarily was the best way to go about mm-hmm. it when you paid somebody the most money in NFL history. You want to talk to him. It's, it was a long and detailed um, uh, uh, article about the issues and problems with Aaron Rodgers and how those problems have probably handicapped the Green Bay Packers. And a lot of them seem personal and, um, and petty. 
to say the least. Well, this is the, from the Aaron Rodgers isn't here to defend himself. This is from the article from ESPN. Uh, it's Aaron Rodgers' thoughts. Thoughts. Uh, the thing is about this article, it's it's not a mystery. This was a smear. This was a smear attack by a writer looking to advance his career, uh, talking mostly irrelevant, bitter players who have an agenda, whether they advance in their own careers, uh, careers, or just trying to stir up old stuff. What happens? Uh, what happens is same tired. Hold media on, fo- hold oh. on. Oh, something breaking news. Yeah, breaking news. <laughs> Cheers. Magic Johnson is stepping down. Damn, man. All them tweets I had back in the day, I was throwing him all that praise. He going to do this to me. No, I'm just playing. Magic wow. Johnson is what stepping. Tony just texted us this from the Bulls game. Magic Johnson is stepping crazy. down. Bleacher Report has a story. I got the notification, too. I'm looking at it right now, and I'll let you guys know. Yep. What's... So it seems like maybe Jenny went to him and was like, hey, listen, things aren't going the way it should go. Uh, maybe you should not have drafted Lonzo Ball. Uh, we can't trade to get Anthony uh, Davis. You didn't make that happen. It's time to go. Well, according to Woj, he's saying basically that Magic Johnson never fully committed to the job, often traveling and away from the team. Office often limited. He didn't do a lot of scouting, running an NBA team. Takes a lot of time and effort that she just didn't agree with. Rob Palenka, this is alleged, but there's been rumors of a friction between Matt Johnson and Rob Palenka. New GM. Yes. Yeah. Former. um, Colby's uh, former agent. Yeah. Yeah. Also former uh, Michigan player with the 5-5. Yes. 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 yes, But the thing that they would say was Rob Palenka would be going around the facility and asking, hey, where's Magic at? Where's Magic? To set out an example of the Magic's never around. So there have been talks that there were talks that Rob Palenka was going to be out perhaps. And wow, what somebody, you got to say? You, you burn bridges said, over this. I ain't burn nothing. You burn bridges and Magic out here and Magic sh- short scoop broke out on the Lakers. <laughs> Deuces. <laughs> I'm, on, I'm on a bigger thing. Hey, <laughs> I mean. I'm going to take this AIDS and get out It's a crazy here. send-off. You went from literally, I got my guy. I'm going to be here for a while because I got my guy. I got the one guy that we wanted in free agency. Well, this. And I, now. Talking about LeBron James. I was going to say. LeBron I was going to ask a question. to do with this. That's what I was going to bring up. So what does LeBron is does he have anything to do with this? Dean Davis show recording right here at 670 score breaking news right here on the Dean Davis show. Magic Johnson is out as president of the Los Angeles Lakers. I the first thing I thought of was like, I wonder what did LeBron say to Jenny? Why LeBron? Why you want me to go? I'm the magic man. <laughs> I don't know, Magic. I don't think you know. A magic man, Rich Paul. You got to talk to him, Rich Paul. I, Listen. I really think them not getting Anthony Davis is probably yes. that pushover. Yeah, but that whose fault is that? That was clutch that ratcheted that up to try to get him in that window. Well, but, but can you see, but can you make the argument that that was also magic by not having the no, right pieces, keep... not drafting the right pieces to get yes, that to happen? It. Yes. It's, 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 a, a, it's a very, right? it's a multi-leveled issue. Yeah. It starts, yeah. starts with not drafting correctly. It also starts with the handling of clutch sports in the Anthony Davis situation. The players it's, that put the on the roster. They put on the roster. The way the stories was leaked. The way they handled the, the current situation by leaking the packages that they did. It's a multi. It's a multi-layered is, situation. Is Luke Walton still going to be the coach? Hell no. That, I can't tell you that. No. Jeannie but Bus that's, loves but that's Luke Walton. But that could be an Man. issue too. Because if they let Magic run it continually, they was probably going to ship him out. Yeah, you know. It so looked, you it wonder. Just, it just reported that him and Magic haven't been talking. Been talking. We, we just said talking. that earlier. So you wonder if Magic was still going to try and run it 
Jeannie had some say was like, no, I want him in. If yep. you going if you don't like it, mm. we out the door. Yeah. That could be an issue wow. too. Hey, I mean, do we do it? Does he have the uh, this uh, the kiss from the king? Does LeBron James ride with him? Because that's what I'm so. wondering. Does LeBron fill any type of power void going on right now? Yeah, this is and how much? This is the question. How much? This is the question. How much is he cool? If he if LeBron was was LeBron cool with this? Because if LeBron's not cool with this, why the hell am I here in L.A.? Right. All right, like he has to be the I main reason he came, why he came here. That's one of the main reasons. Yeah. Man, At least listen, one of the remember, top. he didn't talk to Luke Walton when he went out there to to, 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 to to go to this team. He talked to Magic. They remember their reports like LeBron still doesn't talk to Luke Walton. LeBron, I, was, also, in the, LeBron was in the skybox in the middle of the game when he wasn't even hurt. I, talking to Rob Polinka and Magic. Magic. I also wonder. Of course, I'm sure he has a respect for Rob Polinka, but their relationship and is it one that's solid enough that he can be like, okay, we're Rob. Maybe Rob, the guy that was here, we're gonna rob. We're gonna rob with. Rob, maybe Rob told Rob told him some of the things that he would have done compared to what Magic would have done and how the team would have been either assembled or some of the moves that they would have made. But I mean, this is really crazy for what what should have been the nice swan song in LeBron's career, and also for a Laker legend. Like, think about right. this too. Well, he's not Magic getting fired. He's not getting fired now. Well, they're probably he's, letting what he step down. What you call it? What you call it? What you call it? What you call it, bro? The, the PR is saying he's stepping. That's down. fine, bro. That's but fine. But then again, but then again, <laughs> I'm just keeping it fact. Magic Johnson may be an exception per se. Only reason why because he did have a stint where he was the coach of the Lakers at one point and in left. Time. Was left. A, remember he came back fat? Yeah. Played left. Right? He was with the Nick Van team. Yeah. So maybe Magic Johnson really is just a guy that helps bring the Lakers money just because he's Magic. Maybe well, he, he always really can't can do that because he's a Laker. But he I is, mean, but he can't. Maybe this shows that he really can't run any type of basketball. I, I have no issue with that. But for what what I could, I agree with what you're saying, and I think even if he did know what to do, it still takes time. And able to really get your feet wet in that type of position. He wasn't just a gym; he was the president of basketball mm-hmm. operations. But the thing is, it looks terrible because I was going to say the thing about how many times Magic, after the initial uh, being afflicted with HIV and leaving, cutting his career short or whatever for the Lakers, these other times that he came back and they were always short-lived. It's Especially for someone that gives Magic Johnson the credit for creating the sun and earth and D, it's got to be terrible that Magic Johnson is just— what you just say? <laughs> you know— <laughs> That, I mean, listen. I'm a, I feel I'm a, I'm sorry. a Magic fan. I'm I feel fan. me too. That was yeah, a drive by. I feel sorry. I, know, right? I feel. I mean, <laughs> man, listen. This is crazy. I know Pat Riley is somewhere clicking Laughing. his bag of rings together. Like, <laughs> oh, we would have got ten if your ass stayed down here. Like, dude, listen, listen. I, and this is the crazy thing with the with the package that they had for Anthony Davis. They can't get Anthony Davis with that package. No, now. they can't. No. Brandon Ingram has a blood, blood clot. Yeah. yeah. Zoe isn't the same player. Only player that really didn't diminish is Kuzma in that situation. And how you good is he really? He's not good enough for Anthony Davis, straight up. I mean, what's his ceiling? I feel like he's approaching it. But that's <laughs> but, but that goes back. <laughs> but that goes back to my point of obviously I, I I'm being facetious. I mean, they they're saying he's stepping down. Yes, he was forced out. But that kind of goes back to, okay, dude, he was the GM, I mean, president for what, two years? Three year years, A year and a half. Yeah. Really, a year and a half of that. But, but did he, but he drafted Lonzo, right? Yes, he did. Yes, that he was did. his guy. Okay, so. But allegedly, under the pressure of Jeannie, Jeannie. because she wanted a star, star splash. Yes. Exactly, exactly. So I'm looking at what built up, built up to this, 
But you, if you're able to get LeBron James, you think you, you know, saying gave yourself a few uh, one ups, a few lives. Yeah, give him a couple seasons, at Something. least an off season, Something. try to bring in a star. But that goes back. But you know what? That's what I say. What's going again, on with LeBron? Maybe. What's going on with LeBron? What but is he doing the in the back end? Apparently. It's, as more details start to come out, they're saying it's not really a LeBron thing. No, they're saying team. it's a Genie Bus and Magic Johnson relationship. Real quick, okay. because is, he's saying that he wasn't, he couldn't be himself oh, with Genie running the show. Brother, I'm going to say the whole thing. Go ahead, go ahead. You know what? I'm so sorry. Cam. No, man. I'm, like, I'm so can sorry. We do Cam. it for the radio. How we do it for Ryan, the radio? Ryan, there's no way we can just bleep that out. <laughs> no, we gonna keep all <laughs> and of just this. Rewind all that. Just <laughs> give it to him. No, okay. What, what, breaking what, news. What Cam. Josh was getting to. No, I just wanted to get to the fact of the quote from Magic Johnson from the Bleacher Report. I think that with Jeannie Buss and I, that I want to always preserve our relationship with her. Johnson said in a press conference per uh, per Aram, and I think I had more fun when I was able to be big brother and ambassador. So, again, it's a situation. Listen, do you remember that uh, Jeannie, uh, supposedly, Jeannie Buss had a conversation. I think that this is before Magic was hired with uh, Kobe Bryant had lunch or something. And I want to get to this real quick since we're talking about Game of Thrones. Uh, Kobe Bryant mentioned that, you know, you can't care about basically who you got to kill when you're the mother of dragons. Yeah. Talking about getting rid of her brother. Yes. And, you know what I'm saying? I think Kobe called her the 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 mother of dragons, Daenerys. Mm -hmm. And listen, and that goes along for magic too. He, the knight with the HIV, shall be slain on the fifth night in the third day of. (laughs) She had to take him out, huh? Ah! I'm sorry, magic. I got you before Easy did. <laughs> wow! This this was fantastic. This is a way to close the show. Out. Yeah, I didn't expect all that. Aaron Rodgers stuff was like breaking news. Swoosh. I mean, I'm just going through Aaron Rodgers. And, Shut up, D. Magic Johnson is stepping down. Magic Johnson is out here in the streets. So what's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? Well, they must feel like he ain't going to bring in any type of free agent. Great point. So now it's so now LeBron James going to be the president yeah, too. Who Play is president? going to be the guy that helps LeBron bring in that guy? Dare I say, maybe as a possible option, what Kobe steal no, Pat Riley from no. the Kobe doesn't want Kobe him. don't want no. Nah, Kobe I don't think so. Yeah, yeah, he done with basketball. I think maybe Joe Dumars. Mm. No, I don't he's see deserving it. of. It. He's very deserving. He of should, it. but he's I mean, deserving. I mean, he's one What's of the only people West that built a championship without a star getting paid. Yeah, no. You know what Jerry about West said about winning. Steve Ballmer? He said basically. They a mom and pop shop over there with the Lakers. He said he no no he corrected someone on saying that Steve Ballmer was like yeah he's, he's twenty billion dollars. Jerry West was like nah he's like triple that. Jerry West is like man I'm sipping margaritas and daiquiris made out of gold. <laughs> All right and I'm still back in there like there is no way Jerry I mean no I can't even say that perhaps but I don't think because one it's in Los Angeles too I, I would say perhaps if they weren't in Los Angeles in the same building. That well, he would want to. Is he a consultant or is he more? He's kind of the president of basketball okay. operations. They say he's a consultant, but yeah, it's kind of like pretty uh, much he's, yeah. what the, Doug Collins is here, but no, he's better. He's, but way, he's, better. No, way, he's better. way more powerful no, no, than Doug Collins. I said, I said better. Way more, I said he's but he way has better. More, he has more power he than Doug Collins. Okay, I right. mean, he's basically. Well, I would he, think he. Ain't Doug like uh, Jerry's right hand man, basically? Or Michael's? But you got. It still depends on what John Scotty on the floor. Outside of of what Jerry Ronson says, it still goes off of what Paxson says. Yeah. But there, I would believe compared to uh Lawrence Frank mm-hmm. it goes off of what Jerry West says and I'm sure Jerry West was probably I'm not saying he did this but to me he probably suggested that they su- should s- separate the general manager and or president of basketball operations and coach role from mm-hmm. Doc Rivers right. and yeah, Doc yeah, Rivers yeah. has flourished being back in that position right. I'm sure he's like he's he set straight and 
put together this team that won 50 games that, that we didn't expect. And that's after making a trade that you thought they were cleaning out when they got rid of Tobias Harris. But right. going back to Magic and now him stepping down for the Los Angeles Lakers, and you worry about if you're them being able to, I guess in this sense, trade for Anthony Davis. But they have money to be able to sign players, right? right. Do we think that losing someone like a Magic Johnson who is literally, he is an icon, he's a walking legend, still very active in the NBA and in business. I think that's one of the main reasons why LeBron James went to L.A. But now, is that is it going to be kind of a, hmm, I don't know, y'all got rid of a magic, like you see here, kind of like, man, y'all ain't do, y'all ain't do Michael right. Is that going to deter possibly big-time free agents who might want to go to L.A., but it's like, damn, y'all did this the magic? Is, is that a possibility? I don't or think do you so. think they don't care? I don't think so, because just because you have a big name in office doesn't mean they don't know how to do, how to do their jobs. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest things LeBron James always harped on, the difference from his any type of, of his experiences with Cleveland and Miami, was structure and front office management. In front office management. He, didn't, he didn't trust Dan Gilbert. And even though David Griffin basically gave him what he wanted, he still was a very pretty much a pushover. There was no strong structure, and Pat Riley was the one that was he, he actually respected and grew to respect. And even when he tried to go rebuttal against what he wanted to do, he stood his ground and said, "No, that's why we're going to do it." And he abided by that, and he eventually grew from that. Taking that experience, trying to implement it in Cleveland, and when and all the chaos that that basically. You know, went up in the air in Cleveland per Kyrie Irving trade, mm-hmm. things of that sort. It wasn't the structure that he needed, and it was time for him to move on to doing what he really wants to do. Magic didn't bring that structure, possibly didn't bring that structure that he was seeking for when he when it came to L.A. If you bring in somebody that can actually fill in that role and knows what they're doing, per se, especially when it comes to putting teams together and, ha- and someone that LeBron respects— that could change the whole dynamic of how he reacts in, uh, during his time in L.A., especially more specifically with a young team like the Lakers. I think, uh, I think that um, it going to what you say doesn't matter. I don't think these young players have a connection with Magic Johnson like that. You don't think so? I mean, I mean he's still pretty active. He's always out there. I'm just saying, like, they didn't grow up. Think about it. They, don't, they didn't grow up watching Michael Jordan. They don't know. I mean, they know who Magic Johnson is, but they don't visually have – Magic Johnson. But not even in the sense of on the court. He's done so much off the court now, and people like really look at him as being that. But like, that's the point, that I'm, that's the point that I'm making. Mm-hmm. You're saying, as far as player treatment, would they associate what happened to him as something that they would look at as treating a, a former player ill? I don't think they look at him as a player, mm-hmm. so I don't think they would sit there and think they did something. I think they would look at it as business, and also I think it depends on what we hear from this fallout as far as how LeBron feels about it and who is going to be the person that's going to run it too. If LeBron feels good about it, and what does Stephen A. Smith always say? LeBron likes to control the narrative. They control right. the they, narrative. That narrative is going to go out to the to the league. It's everything is fine here, and they're probably going to be like there were some issues that you probably wouldn't want to be here when Magic's here. And let's not also forget this. That um, Paul George recently there was an article that came out that said that Corey Brewer's time mm-hmm. in LA and, and talking to him is the reason that he did not take a meeting with Magic Johnson. Oh wow! Now I didn't initially think that was a big deal. Not saying it still is a big deal, mm-hmm. but there are players out there that feel like Magic running the house wasn't necessarily the best move for the genie bus to make. Okay. And to your question, D, asking how this affects upcoming free agency. I think the Lakers have to take a really hard look at themselves in the mirror because right now all we're getting is leaking and reports and dysfunction coming out of them. 
They have LeBron James kind of the face now without magic there. How do players view LeBron James? You know, do they want to come out and play with him? Do they want to come there and be a part of the KD's LeBron James the whole thing, thing? Is toxic, you know. You know, Scoop said yep. earlier that he believes KD to the Lakers is a done deal. Give me the definitive. Where's Kevin Durant going? The Los Angeles Lakers. Wait, not the Knicks. No, that's over with. It depends on who you talk to. I gotta watch what I say now because everybody I'm, they watching. So <laughs> I'll just say. I'm sticking with my with my source uh, when I broke a story back in September about Kevin Durant, the Los Angeles Lakers. And I actually uh, did speak with Kevin Durant uh, back in February and we had a conversation. So if you pay attention to my Instagram later in the summer, I'll, I'll divulge more about that conversation. Where can people find your Instagram and Twitter? Scoop underscore B on Instagram. Scoop B on Twitter. Maybe that already has transpired, but I would think going into this free agency, they got to try to find someone to somewhat replace Magic Johns just to change the optics, change the visuals, and make them look more like they have everything on the, the right path. Now we have our function. We have where we're going. We know our destination and be more succinct rather than all this dysfunction that we're yeah. constantly hearing about. Look, further going on, this is, I believe this is further and off from Bill Aram of the Athletic, but I've given this from Dan Feldman um, right now. You have, uh, he said, Magic Johnson did a nice job setting up for the Lakers to land the biggest star. And then everything else went downhill. Johnson had terrible ideas of how to build a supporting cast around LeBron. The Lakers prioritized their notion yep. of tough player playmakers, Ray John Rondo, Lance Stevenson, Michael Beasley over shooters, as if LeBron would truly be content playing off the ball. Of course, the player with the greatest combination of scoring and passing in NBA history wants the ball in his hands that left LeBron around, surrounded by ill-fitting and just plain not good enough players. Also, on a, on a lighter note, Anthony Davis wore a T-shirt to the, his last yeah. game at the Smoothie King yep. that said, that's all, folks. <laughs> and not to mention, too, uh, another tweet. Shout out to Guy. Um, Lakers staff fully spent to be fired in hours after the final game. Ooh, There you go. So is, is it, was this a power move that Rob Palenka set there and is killing everybody? This is like... This is like Cersei blowing, getting the high scepter and old girl at the same time with the, the holy flame under the, the damn city. King's Landing. See, you don't know nothing about that, Josh. You should. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really incredible how we literally went from a dramatic field offseason, LeBron taking the Lakers to potentially the Western Conference Finals and even some winning the finals to go against Golden State. And now we have the... Die. Yeah, it's just, this, it was just bad. This is clearly Kobe Bryant flexing. You know, in the heart of heart, Kobe Magic never Kobe, really liked each other. See, I don't. <laughs> I mean, why why, why, are, you why are you starting stuff? No, because <laughs> no, Kobe, Kobe is a, was. I mean, Magic was a shack guy. Magic, Magic blamed yeah, yeah. Magic looked at some of that as Kobe didn't get in line back in those days. Right. And just like when we were talking about Aaron Rodgers, and I'm not saying that Kobe is sensitive, Kobe don't forget. And I mean, they no. kind of, because they're the, they're both pretty much the greatest drafted players that had Laker careers. So I'm just taking out Kareem from being someone that wasn't drafted. Shaq, Will Chamberlain, but and, and also Jerry West, of course. But you know Kobe, of course, we let's also remember his relationship with Jeannie Buss. And I'm sure Kobe oh, yeah, was, I'm close. sure Kobe was looking at Jeannie was like, what do you think? I was like, man, imagine oh, the sure, magic man. I'm sure she <laughs> doesn't know to, what the hell he's she doing. She talks to magic. You gotta let Rob do his thing. Magic spoke. I was sitting there thinking that um, <laughs> let me turn the Magic quick. Man. I want to hear it right quick. Don't you, I can do it. Go ahead, let me play. <laughs> <laughs> 
So today, I'm going to step down as the president. And um, I think I don't want to, her and I have such an amazing relationship. And I think that um, she gave me full power to do what I wanted to do. But I think that uh, with her and I, I want to always preserve our relationship and, and love her. And then I think that I had more fun when I was able to be the big brother and ambassador to everybody. You know, I thought about Dwayne Wade retiring tomorrow and I can't even tweet it out or can't be there. Uh, Serena Williams called me a week ago and said, will you mentor me and be on my advisory board? And I said, yeah, I'm going to do that. You know, and so when Ben Simmons called and we went through the proper channels and they made me look like the bad guy out of that situation, but I didn't do anything wrong, but do everything right. I was thinking about all those times, all guys who want me to mentor them or be a part of their lives, and I can't even do that. I had more fun on the other side than on this side, because now, tomorrow, I would have to affect somebody's life, livelihood in their life. And I thought about that. I said, that's not fun for me. That's not who I am. And then I don't want to put her in the middle of us. You know, even though she said, hey, you do what you want to do. I know she has great love for him and great love for me, you know. He ain't saying Luke like him. Wait, wait, but didn't you say the report came out saying they all getting fired anyway? Yeah, but that's the point is he's saying he didn't want to fire Luke Walton. He didn't want to do oh, the job. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's saying like him. Him. He can't even say yeah. his name. He like yeah. him. I'm going to affect people's livelihoods tomorrow. Him going to yeah, get fired. Yeah, whole... I like Luke. I like his daddy. I like the Listen, whole that family. That also said you. Magic went up in there. She was in there like, man, I ain't feeling this. And he like, I'm Magic. All of this. <laughs> ain't nobody telling me. Right? Because, I mean, that's if when you accumulate that amount of wealth and you're a boss too. Yeah, she's his boss, but he a boss boss. Yeah. I mean, Magic, He's outside boss, of what boss. that team's worth, he has, he has more cash per capita than the Lakers family. That's yeah, a yeah. mom and pop franchise. I'm saying outside of what that's the Lakers, their thing, their You're asset. You're saying the Bus family versus Magic Johnson. Yes, or he has more money in his bank Magic account. Magic Johnson doesn't have AIDS. He has financial aids. Yes, he has more money in his bank account <laughs> like, than they he have has in financial their bank aids. account. <laughs> he doesn't need this gig yeah. between no, he the don't. Dodgers. He don't. He don't. Between the Dodgers, Starbucks, movie but theaters. But he's a part owner with the Dodgers, though, right? Yeah, but small part owner. Yeah. Owner of the. He's like in Sparks. charge of that ownership group, right? No, he's not in charge. I don't know if he's in charge, but he's part of it, though. Yeah, he's part, he of, he's, part of it. He's, he's collecting the, them the checks. person because he's Magic Johnson. Yeah. He's out in front. Yeah. But he's a face of the other front. He's slowly but surely collecting them checks. Yeah. Wow. The Magic Man. All right. Uh, definitely had a great show today. Yes, we did. Mm-hmm. Finished on a, a great note. Shout out to Josh Hicks again and Al Yellen for coming on and joining us. Good get, Josh. Uh, we look forward to more of Up for Grabs with Josh segment moving forward. That was Perhaps. Great. Young guy's going to return for a couple more credit hours. If he didn't get him out, I got him all, man. I ain't never coming back. Uh, you can shoot the video for us, guy. I was looking, and I was like, what? I don't know what guy was doing before this on Sunday. Because I, I wanted to go up and kind of like massage your waves a little bit because I wasn't what? seasick. Usually, guy, guy step out, and it's like, oh, I'm seasick. I, he's, I had, he's, I had, he's I had sick right that's now. That's what I'm saying. I had motion sickness, guy, but I didn't get the usual seasickness from the he's waves. banging on them drums. What was going on with the waves on <laughs> Sunday, guy? <laughs> <laughs> I figured I was like, see, I was, I was gonna say it was a little woolly. Guy coming in, he got that cut now. It's like the five heartbeats up in there. We ready to go. The lies in the hair. But I definitely shout out to to, to all you guys. 
Uh, shout out to Magic Johnson for, <laughs> man, listen, deciding your own future when you had enough, when a boss talked to a boss and one of them telling you, I ain't feeling what you're doing. And you're like, well, we ain't got to do this no more. He said, Luke Walden, I was going, I didn't want to fire Luke Walden. I like Luke. I know she like him. I didn't want to be in between it. But it's like, you basically been all year angling to fire his ass. It's been a great night tonight, guys. I hope everybody enjoyed it. Uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at D and Davis Show. You'll be, able, you'll be able to listen to the show on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Music, Stitcher, and a TuneIn app. And also YouTube. So definitely follow us for that. Uh, Facebook.com forward slash D and Davis Show. Definitely check out the website, weareregalradio.com for sure, for sure. And uh, you want to hit us up an email, you can do that too. D and Davis Show at gmail.com. We record right here at 670 to score. Shout out to Mitch. Shout out to Mitch and everybody here, man, taking care of us. Really appreciate yep. it. I'm on Twitter at Demons one Ken is at That's Davis. Uh, Josh is at jhicks042. Ryan is on Twitter at Ryan B. Ski. Where's, where's Guy on Twitter at? Guy isn't on Twitter like that. Are you, Guy? Oh. I like that. the Guy. I don't think you had one when we first met, right? But now he's paid a guy. He got the waves. He hitting the, the skins at the at the, I don't at the know, church. Pa, I don't know if you should say it like that. Oh, I'm he hitting sorry. the skins at the well, church. That's what they, the drums. <laughs> drums. They call them oh, the skins. Bruh. They call them the skins, don't they? They live in a no. holy life and you no. got to love. No. It's, it's the sticks. They call it the skins. I thought they called the it the skins. Call it the skins. Yeah, yeah, you making on the skins. He's hitting the skins at the church. They don't say that. That's the kill family ministry, man. That ain't music lingo. Nah. Nah, not at all. Y'all sure? He hitting the skins at the church. Man, he over there. Who's he like? He over there hitting the skins. They're not that. made out of skins either. Are they not? I think I get what you said. Back in the days, they were made out of Drums probably skin, out of animal skin. Not yeah. now, bro. They not made out of no skins now. I ain't saying you gotta have it now. I'm just saying that's, they call it lingo. It, but he's like he's on the sticks. Okay. And he, he's hitting the skins at the church. Guy, how'd you feel about him saying that? <laughs> Did you feel it was a secular? I'm talking about What's drums. What's that secular guy? To I'm you? talking about drums. He's like my mama be in this church. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, is your mom on Facebook? Because Tony's going to fight his uh, uh, soon-to-be, uh, try-to-be stepdaddies if his mom was on Facebook. Is your mom on Facebook? Yeah. See? Then talk to your cousin. Attractive lady. See, I ain't even go there. Now I'm talking about you playing drums. Look at him. Look I at him. Say, I said Look she's an attractive lady. It was a compliment. Mm-hmm. I didn't say, who guy's mama? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, now. Real quick, real Shout quick. Shout out to guy. Everybody, make sure you go to Pay Regal. Guy. Make sure you go to Regal Radio. Check out all the articles and all the podcasts that are going out on Regal Radio. In particular, yes, yes, yes. Check out In the Scope uh, from Josh, uh, our main man right here, Josh Hicks, and follow him at J Hicks again. Dr. Already told you zero four two for a lot of content. You're gonna see him all over the place, bubbling and growing. So make sure you 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 go to Regal Radio because there's a lot of great content there. Just on six seventy scores, very own the Grobber a few weeks ago. Last week? Last week. Last week, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Les Grobstein? Yeah, Les Grobstein, yeah. yeah. Oh, Damn, you said yeah. that like you knew. Who, who, who are you talking about? <laughs> he's who like, Les Grobstein? Are you, are Les you... Grobstein right now, like, he's not coming back. <laughs> <laughs> You're grabbing people? I thought no, you said somebody else. I'm like, no, that's, no, his no, no. that's his nickname. That's his nickname is The Grobber. Ah, there we go. I didn't know we were playing the skins. <laughs> I was drinking water. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Listen. You already know. Before you talk to us again, don't do anything stupid. But also, make sure we don't. We're not going to have a guest. But you're here on Monday for Dean Davis to flip because it's always hilarious. There you go. And uh, shout out to Oatmeal Raisin Cookies. We gone. Keep your hands to yourself. <laughs>